What up, survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for riding with us. I'm AJ. I'm Johnny. And I'm Brittany. And we are still going strong with our July theme click. But if you are new here, hey y'all, welcome to the park. We're a weekly horror movie podcast where Brittany and I introduce our friend Johnny to horror movies. It's me. I'm the friend. I don't like shit sometimes. Oh, baby, no, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> don't we know? <laughs> Jenna, I'm looking at you, Jennifer's body. You didn't give that film a hundred. Oh my god! Please go. don't start. I, I don't mean, start. I still like the movie. That's great, but you didn't give it no higher than you should. You should give it more. And I even tried to bargain with you. You know, I can always increase the Goonies score. Male. <laughs> to a 70. You know, your movie rating shouldn't be based out of spite. They should be yep. about how you generally feel. Oh, no, my movie rating movies. wasn't off spite. I, I really feel like it was worth a 65, but I'm saying that I would give it five extra tickets. That's how much you're worth to me to give more tickets to a film that I was like, you you really could have had a 60 and I gave 65 because you know I fuck with you already. But I would give it five more. Just for you to increase the score of Jennifer's body. I never do anything. Okay, let's not lie. I do a lot of shit out of spite. But my ratings, okay. they, exactly. they be on me. They be on me. <laughs> I am keeping my 80 tickets at Jennifer's body. Moving on. I'm keeping my 65. I drop it to 60 out of spite, but that's not allowed. But anyways, you all can follow us on all of our socials. Just want to throw it out here. In case you're not, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at D180 Podcast. Oh, yeah. And let me go ahead and tell y'all, if y'all want our early releases, join us on Patreon. You can find the links below in the show notes. But Make sure you join us on Patreon. You get all of the exclusive content and all of our fun little tidbits. So come on. It's fun here. We all float. Oh, hell. <laughs> Today's wow. ride, we are taking a ride on 1989's Heathers. Now, let, let me tell y'all something. A few weeks ago, I posted an image, and I didn't fact check myself because for some reason, some places be like 1988. And I'm like, oh, no, this was filmed in 1988. It dropped in 1989. So don't beat me up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It happens all the time. This movie is currently streaming on Amazon Prime, but I'm pretty sure you could probably find it in some other places, too. You can also watch it on Tubi, Plex, the Roku Channel app, and Shudder. It was on Tubi? It was on Shudder? Yes. Oh, it's definitely on Shudder. I didn't write Shudder, but it's definitely on Shudder. I did see it on there. That's that's some shit. I watch commercials for nothing. I'm sorry. (laughs) So along with watching this movie today, this is the last movie of this month's theme. So usually we reveal next month's theme, but you have to wait to the very end of the episode to find out what that is. All right. Um. So there were a lot, 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 a lot of substantive topics in this movie. So this whole episode is a daggone true warning, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the themes that are found in this movie are more dark than what were thought possible at the time. There's violence. There's people um, unliving themselves. There's murder. There's alienation. Guns and schools. Imposter systems. The imposter syndrome. Homophobia sexual assault 
And the list goes on. Yeah, it really does. It does. However, I do want to point out that despite majority of the 80s films of the time treating these issues as jokes, we do want to defend the fact that this movie does not reward any of the males like other movies would. So characters like Kurt, Ram, and JD eventually all get punished for the shit they pull. So, you know, we got to give this movie some props for that. I appreciate the fact that they did what they did. Not what the fuck they did, as in they did what they did in the acts, but they did what they did to the perpetrators of the acts. Let me make sure I add that little asterisk because that shit can be construed. So I told my co-hosts before the show started, well, actually, I told them a while ago, but I just don't know if they read their script thoroughly, that I had an announcement. And I'm standing here. Y'all know that gif of Rihanna at the podium? That's me right now. Because... I watched Wanda's movie and prepare to be sick of me. Prepare oh, you watched to be it? Watched tired it? of me because oh, wow. what do I tell y'all every other episode? That Carrietta White rain just don't let up. The scene when she walked out of the burning thing, whatever the fuck that was supposed to be. And she just stood there with the blood all over her. I was like, Carrie. First of all, that was Wanda's movie. Um, people are like, that movie is so bad. Were we watching the same movie or yeah, was I, I just... I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Me too. Because there were a lot of subtle things that I picked up on with you world. You know. Mm-hmm. I'd be watching movies and I'd be like, oh, real life. Oh, fake. Oh, real life. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this makes sense. Oh, my God. And most people <laughs> really be watching for the plot. But I'd be watching for subtext, Okay. And so I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I did too. I damn near watched it twice. <laughs> and when I was in a the movie theater, I knew that you was going to shit bricks because of the whole Carrie comparisons. And I was like, wow, Ashley's going to love this. I lost. You know I what? recorded it on my phone. I took my phone. I was on Disney Plus. I took my phone. I was talking so much shit. I was like, prepare to be sick of me. But then that's when I was like, nope, I'm not going to tell them. And I watched this back when we did the craft episode. So I have been holding this in this entire time that Boo. I watched this movie. I'm Because no, I wanted to hear y'all genuine reaction. Y'all know me. We could have talked about this. because Oh, did you like that song I told you? That I told you you was going to add to your playlist? What song? A Cup of Tea. When that bitch was sitting there with her legs crossed, levitating and shit, and that fire-ass music was playing. I, pro- I don't think I noticed it. I had to go back. Because I think I was just so amazed by everything else. Like people was talking about they didn't like the horror elements, but I was in love. I loved it. it. All the Evil Dead references, obviously the Carrie reference, but I was so into it. I felt like Sam Raimi did a great job with this movie. And so you, I think you missed it when all the people were going into their think pieces on Facebook talking about this movie's the devil and it's so evil. So <laughs> call me a Satanist because I love that shit. Okay, listen, look, so the problem I had with this film in the horror was the fact it gave too much breathing room. And yes, I understand that Disney gone Disney, Marvel gone Marvel. They got to put that fucking formula in there. But I got irritated by the fact every time she got a little look crazy, 
They like, hold on, wait, we gotta take a breath. The mirror dimension. Fire as it was when she had to look at herself and how amazing she was. Because Wanda, you're doing amazing, sweetie. I love you. You really are, sweetie. But every time some shit happened, they would let some. They would let the people breathe, and I'm like, no, be on their motherfucking necks. When she's sitting there grabbing these motherfuckers in the water, no, I don't need a breath. I don't need to breathe. Have I this bitch do part. a whole fucking back bend out this fucking thing and grab a motherfucker up. But they wasn't. They wasn't doing that. That part they gave was- me strong Dream Warriors vibes. If you, if you guys out there have seen Dream Warriors, the scene where they're in the Hall of Mirrors and Freddy is just like yanking them out of nowhere. That whole water reflection scene gave me that vibe. And I was just, I'm obsessed. But no, I love that fucking movie. I love what Wanda did. I hate when people be trying to shit on her talking about, I don't understand. Bitch, it was the dark seed. If you don't understand, go back and watch WandaVision. Listen to Agatha all alone. You need you need to do your research because I don't Agatha understand. All alone. I love that fucking song. And I killed but, Sparky too. I, 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 I don't like that little part that she had to fucking kill Sparky. But I love Wanda. She did amazing. I know she's not dead. You can argue with your mama, whoever. She's not dead. Wanda not dead. I don't Why? think she did. I think. No, she's not dead because yeah, I think, I think she, she was. I think there was another movie. No, it's not another movie. Her contract. She signed a contract for like X amount of movies or X mm-hmm. amount of years or whatever. So. She's not dead. No, and people are talking about hopefully she get a trilogy. I hope so because she's amazing. And also, there's this whole little arc. Um, what y'all want me to tell you about the arc in the comics? You want me to let that go? I mean, go ahead. You on a roll? It seems. (laughs) (laughs) But she gotta have a whole fucking arc where she has amnesia, and I hope that she does so she can be happy momentarily, so they can yank that shit away, so that she can go back being a bad bitch as she is. But honestly, I think she deserves happiness. My baby does. And that's what reeled me in. Because when I first started watching it, BJ had just watched it. He was like, no, I'm not going to tell you nothing. Just watch it. And I knew Wanda That's what I've been saying. But I didn't. Well, no, I was already about to watch it. But remember, I was having issues with VPN, Japan, all that. So that's what was stopping me. But Disney Plus just became available in Tokyo. Like, just became remember i was saying i was seeing billboards everywhere and i was like why y'all advertising it don't work but just became available so i'm like i'm gonna watch it and um i think in the first 10 minutes is when wanda has that dream about billy and tommy and i was like oh my god billy and tommy which billy and tommy from carrie just let's just throw that out there but um yeah i was like i'm invested in the movie I'm watching this thing all the way through. It's like 12 o'clock in the morning and I watched this two hour movie and I was just freaking obsessed. I just couldn't. <sighs> I loved it. Oh yeah, I have I have a whole little thing for y'all just to fuck with y'all heads. So for people who are, are familiar with the Schrodinger's cat thing, so this is along the same lines. So ask yourself this, what existed first? Wanda's children in the other universe or her children in this universe? How we know which one happened first. That's all. Not you trying to mouth like me because I'm sitting here like. <laughs> so, according to conspiracy talk, our universes sit on top of each other. So time happens at the same time. You know what? We not about to Donnie Darko this, and I don't know if they have seen Donnie Darko. Honestly, but we not finna Donnie Darko this. This would be a Schrodinger's cat situation because you can never know unless you open the box, and so we would have never known unless she conjured up the children. And this, you all, you're welcome. 
What can I say except you're welcome? How the fuck we go from Heather's to Wanda's movie to Moana? (laughs) Welcome to the park, guys. This is what we do here. (laughs) Well, before we stray any further, how about we go ahead and get into... Park recommendation. Okay, look, let's just be clear. Let's be very clear. Y'all ready for another AJ shit talking episode? Oh, okay, great. Glad you're on board. Ain't no movie that compared to this movie. Not nothing. Listen, so much, and we've talked about this in this month alone with Jawbreaker, with The Crab, with Mean Girls. All of these movies are Heather's sons. The difference, okay, now the difference is most of these movies weren't trying to do exactly what Heathers did. But a lot of these movies and TV shows, 13 Reasons Why, Riverdale had an episode like this. There's another TV show that tried to do something similar to this. But all of these tried to copy this formula and they failed. And you want to know why? Because they were too scared to actually go there. Because they were too worried about, oh, people are going to think this. People are going to think that. Which, in this climate of what we live in, yes, I do understand that. But it's like, if you don't get on the toilet, you better shit. Don't just sit on the class and sit there. It goes there. It does. It does. And I'm just like, at the time, and what makes this movie, in my opinion, so timeless, like, obviously, we know this movie fucking flopped when it first dropped. And what makes it timeless is the fact that it did go there and the fact that we are still, everything in this movie is super relevant. Like, nothing in this movie aged badly. Can you say it's a lot? Yes, especially, I can imagine a lot of people watching this for the first time and depending on your train of thought, not liking this movie because it is so heavy. And, you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's why it works so well because it still is dealing with a lot of these things. I would like to add, this was my first watch and I can say that I was the complete opposite. I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. I was like, damn, y'all ready to fuck with there? I appreciate yeah. this, cause um, look, I honestly didn't know what the fuck I was getting into, cause y'all know I don't like I don't like teen movies. Um, <laughs> why a lot of these movies is my first watch, cause um, survivors I know y'all noticed a lot of these films this month, I ain't seen them. I was like, <laughs> no. If I seen teens together, if I seen teens together, I was like, oh, this ain't for me. All right, only one I seen like that was The Craft. That's it. That's cause of magic. That's it. But this was enjoyable. I'd also like to add that um, there was a Heather's TV show remake, like in 2018, and it completely missed the point. Listen, completely. I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, uh. and then we know how I get on Prime. Y'all know I'm a, a Prime, Prime girl, okay? Mm-hmm. And when I said Heather's, Two things popped up. And I, first I was confused because I did not know that there was a TV show reimagining. So just looking at the cover for it, I was like, what the fuck is this? So then I Googled it and I'm like, the fuck? So then when I watched the trailer for this movie, I also watched the trailer for that. And it's enough for me. Because listen, I didn't even give the, mo- the movie, I didn't give the reimagining or whatever the time of day. But I did. And y'all know I don't ever do this. So for me to do this, y'all know it had to be something. I went ahead and I watched a few when it came out or like a little while after it flopped. 
I was curious. I wondered why. And the reason why it fails is because, like I said, it completely misses the point of the original. You take you take body positive people of color. Alphabet gang, you take all these people and make them the Heathers, but then make white people the victims. That is completely missing the point of what the original was doing. And obviously, no, you don't want like a regurgitation of the original, but now you're making us the bad guy, the bad people. Yes. I'm like, what? No, this is not how this is supposed to work. Like this is definitely supposed to be the other way around. Like, oh gosh. And that's why it just, no, y'all thought y'all ate, but no, 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 no. You did not. <laughs> I ain't even hear of it. No clue. You don't need to. Yeah, you, you don't, really need to. don't need to. I won't even decide. There is a musical that I hear is pretty fire, but I, I haven't, you know, it's not my ministry. I would give it a chance, but I just I love it. musicals. You know, I want to go see another play on Broadway. I wanted to see Mean Girls on Broadway, but I never got to see it. It was a few other things that I wanted to see on Broadway, too. Why are you shaking your head up knowing about Mean Girls on Broadway? Was that bad or something? No, I just would never want to see Mean Girls on Broadway. Oh, look, I was like, I didn't shake oh. my head. <laughs> I was no, looking at Brittany. Talking, she was talking to me. It's like, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, I just, I, look, I love musicals, but I mean, we, we know that I like things that are more towards... um darker natures and so mean girls i've seen it in y'all's faces i have seen mean girls but i ain't seen it that many times you know how y'all can quote that movie like a motherfucker on the third day god created the running timbal action rifle so that man could fight the dinosaurs and the homosexuals <laughs> amen <laughs> <laughs> what episode but John A busted out the full fucking Kevin G rap <laughs> the only one I can ever give you is it's October 3rd like that's it that's all I can Maybe tell that's you that's like on number I, one on, <laughs> October, on October 3rd he asked me what day it is it's October 3rd that's as far as I can take it Um, which is crazy because since we're talking about this and I know we're not there yet, but the writer of this movie, his brother wrote Mean Girls. And it's so evident <laughs> because I like, think of the part in Heather's where Heather Chandler is like, oh, that's a nice blazer. And then she says it's ugly. But then Regina George does it to the girl. That's a nice skirt. That's the ugliest, that's the ugliest skirt, I've skirt I've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah, I oh, would... I just love it. I love it. I don't be catching them references like y'all. Um... I don't care. Mean Girls was iconic. I watched it one time and I was like, oh, I am writing down everything that I want to remember. And then I memorized it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, like I said, Caesar like, yes. Get to walk around like he's the king of everything. <laughs> like, yes, it's the son of Heather's, but Mean Girls actually made its own little path. And obviously, we're going to give it credit for that. I'm really heavily leaning towards having Mean Girls be my birthday movie because might as well. We can just have a head-to-head -head quoting battle and whoever loses that <laughs> shot. We can do that. I'm dead. Well, Brittany got to take Brittany. shots too, but we can have a head-to-head -head quoting battle. Look at my face. This is me the whole time y'all going to be doing it. I'm like... And it got to be rapid fire. Like, soon as somebody go... Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh, I learned a new drinking game on the July 4th weekend. It's called 369. It was kind of fun. Like I learned that black people. Oh, that, mo- that song is called 679. I'm like, Fetty Wap? Okay. <laughs> I said, hey, what's up? Hello. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> but it's pretty much like a rapid quick fire counting situation. And then you're supposed to substitute numbers, some numbers for claps. And I realized that niggas can't count. Oh no, I cannot. It's gonna be it's me. Okay, you ain't gotta test me like that. I don't appreciate how you gonna say I realize niggas can't count. <laughs> you, I'm sitting right here. You could have just said Brittany. It's alright. It's alright, Johnny. I still love you, survivors. If you have any park recommendations that fit today's ride, let us know on our Twitter or down in the DMs. It go down. So I first saw this movie like. I'm not sure. I know I was still in Indiana when I saw it. So it had to be like around 2015, 16. Now, let me tell you something. Like, you guys, when I first seen it, I had only heard about it, but I had not had it, like, spoiled, I guess, if this movie can be spoiled. And when I seen it, I said, oh, my God. Just like Brittany said earlier, I said, wow, I was not expecting this from this movie. I don't know what I thought this movie was going to be but i did it no it was like bitch you thought punch and oh i was just from the time i seen it i was obsessed like y'all now that you've seen the movie y'all probably be like this is what ashley be getting that from because i quote this movie more than i quote a nightmare on elm street like (laughs) gently with a chainsaw okay i say that's so very i say mega bitch all of that stuff like this movie is so quotable and I love it. And I think part of it is because our director decided not to use lingo from that time. He just made up his own stuff. So that way it doesn't age. And that's just so smart. I honestly don't remember the first time I saw this. I know it was on cable television. Right. Because a lot of the stuff was censored. Yeah. Like, I remember key things. I remember them being blown up at the end. I remembered her faking her, her unaliving in her room. I remembered that. And I remembered it was something else. But it was more so like the latter half of the movie that I remembered. Because, again network television most times right. you're like oh this movie's on let me turn it on and you're already more than halfway through the movie so. okay <laughs> what's the Brittany, how was your first watch i know you told us a little bit about it earlier but i didn't know what the fuck was happening okay look i know what the fuck was happening but you know how i was like this is gonna be another fucking teen movie with like not another you know, teen whole- movie i was about to say the- that <laughs> <laughs> no it was me and michelle's first watch and you know Michelle asked a bunch of questions right and I love the <laughs> fact she asked so many questions because it's normally the same ones that's going in my head and I'm like mm-hmm. shit I don't I don't I don't know <laughs> did it did this shit just happen she's talking about this ain't her best friend like we were having full-ass conversations I enjoyed it and I'm glad y'all didn't tell me what the fuck it was about at all so I had no oh you know me I love that is my rule let people experience things on their own only thing I am gonna say is be like watch it or I'll be like don't do this don't look at this because like sleepaway camp for example I always say don't look it up because if you look up sleepaway camp and if somehow you have not seen sleepaway camp survivors please fast forward like 10 seconds 
when you look up sleepaway camp the first thing you see is that ending shot which pretty much tells you what you need to know so i'm just like nope just go just watch it if you see it on stream just click on it watch it but yeah, I, it was a fun time to be alive to watch this movie. It was great. Yeah, yeah. No, I could imagine. I'm glad I was able, or I guess me and John A. We're switch. Well, John A. Switching positions with you today. Um, so we're able to give you. I was about to do that too, <laughs> but I knew I wasn't gonna be in Ariana's key, so I was like, let me stay in my place. <laughs> Our director of the movie is Michael Lehman. Originally, our writer Daniel Waters wanted Stanley Kubrick who is the director of The Shining. Y'all know about Mr. Kubrick. He wanted him to direct because the first draft apparently was intended for a three-hour movie. Ooh, baby. Out of, ooh. <laughs> and he was like, the only person that could deliver us a three-hour movie and make people pay attention is Stanley Kubrick. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Stanley Kubrick was like, um, I'm not about to do that. Or I don't know if he said that or if it just didn't get to them. So they was like, you know what? We're going to throw it to Michael Lehman. And this was actually his first movie. As I said, this is written by Daniel Waters, produced by Denise DeNovi, edited by Norman Holland, music by David Newman. And this music, very, very simple, but it like the moments that you really notice the music, it hits so hard because it's so simple. I don't know how to describe it. It's not like Pino Dinaggio and Carrie, where it's very, very different. A lot of the music in this movie, besides like the extra songs, like um, Teenage Unaliving Don't Do It by Big Fun, not like that, but just the ethereal music that surrounds a lot of the scenes are just pretty pivotal to me. I don't know if you guys share those same sentiments, but especially this time on rewatch, it really stood out in a lot of those scenes. Then we have the main cast. We have fangirling, um, definitely approved here. Winona Ryder as Veronica Sawyer, my girl. Oh my God, I love her. Oh my God, from Stranger Things, Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, and hella other shit. Like, girl, my first experience with her was Edward Scissorhands, and I have loved her ever since because that is my movie. I think I first saw her in Beetlejuice. Yo. Don't say nothing silly. I just want to let y'all know. The Stranger Things the first time you've seen her? Oh, hell no. I oh. Haven't seen, I haven't seen Edward Scissor. Girl, what? You need to leave. See, so now in season three, we got to add a kids month now. It just didn't seem. I got out of How about we do a Johnny Depp month? <laughs> He got enough of them. <laughs> I mean, he got enough movies. Survivor, does do y'all want to? Exactly. Wanna That's Johnny why I said we can do a Johnny Depp month. In season three, coming under this movie's poster. If you want a season, if you want Johnny Depp month for season three, coming under this movie's poster post on Instagram, say we want Johnny. Because, okay, like, I mean, Sweeney Todd. Edward Scissorhands. We can find two more. <laughs> I'm Dark pretty sure Shadow. our producers can help us out with that oh, one. I got you. Dark Shadows. That's one. You can go ahead and hit that Isn't one. Isn't that the... Um, vampire. No. Vampire um, one. Yeah, I, was like, I, thought we were going, I thought we were going into the wizardry world. For <laughs> a minute. Mm -mm, but that's a good... It's, that's horror. For, <laughs> loosely. But it is. 
you know, speaking of, I'm not done with Winona, but speaking of Johnny Depp, they actually were going to put him in line to play JD. And I wonder how this would have turned out because it's like, I don't know. But also, maybe. Quite a few people were supposed to, were considered for it. It was Johnny, Jim Carrey, Judd Nelson, Jason Bateman, Brad Pitt. Actually, Brad Pitt actually auditioned, but he was rejected because he was considered too nice. Which I can see that. It's just his look in general. And that's why I was like, Johnny, I could, Johnny is like straddles the line for me. Because it's like, I can see it. I mean, did you see him in uh, Crybaby? You know what? I've only seen Crybaby one time and I was super freaking young. Super young. It's like one of those things I definitely need to revisit. Definitely need to revisit that movie. And I only know it. Like I said, I've seen it very, I'm not very making young. this face because of you. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. What'd she say? She ain't never seen it? She's you seen never it. seen Crybaby? Crybaby? Crybaby is like oh. Grease, to be completely honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> Except for it more so focuses on the dude. Yeah. Which is Johnny Depp. The main character. Oh. Who be having just That's why we always make that joke about Billy Loomis and Scream giving Johnny Depp Crybaby. Yeah, no. I just. That's what it's giving. With the white t shirt and his hair, Mm -hmm, the little two. Y'all keep trying to tell me and I keep. You know what? You just. We're going to make you make that your birthday movie. Crybaby. What else did we just say? Um, Edward says the hands. Edward, the list is I, like what? What is this? Okay, <laughs> back to Winona while Johnny is making this list. Look, we got lists for Britney now. <laughs> um, when Winona auditioned, she almost didn't get this role because they didn't think she was pretty enough. They actually were gonna have Jennifer Connelly. You guys might know her. The from, blasphemy uh, phenomena. It's an Italian horror, but they were gonna have her do it. But um, I want to say, I can't remember exactly why she rejected, because I think I was about to blend her story with somebody else's. But Winona was like, bitch, no, I'm about to get the blasphemy. Even her agents was like, no, don't take this role. This is going to kill your career. Look at what it did. Baby, this is one of her most iconic roles ever. Blasphemy. Blasphemy on who? The fact that they said that she wasn't pretty enough. Exactly. I'm like, are y'all blind? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who they confused her with. They must have thought she was Sydney. I knew you was about to come at Sydney. Stop it. Stop it. I really don't understand. Okay. Stop. Okay. Next, we have Christian Slater as Jason J.D. Dean, obviously, is a play on James Dean. You might know him from Interview with a Vampire, which I'm sure you two go up for. I am sure. We talked about um, potential. He has Brad Pitt in it with the ponytail. Oh, I love Kristen Stewart. That bitch acted her ass off that little vicious ass queen. Oh, but let's not forget that he was also in True Romance. You're so cool. Surprisingly, I saw that one. Y'all ain't seen True Romance? Is it a horror movie? No, hold on, because you were just talking about me with Crybaby. Crybaby ain't no goddamn horror movie. Okay, but Crybaby is a movie that's essential. And it's Johnny Depp. 
so Christian Slater, he had a few issues on the set. Apparently, he had a lot of issues with him oversleeping and missing out on scenes that slowed down production. And then, obvi very obviously, you could tell that this performance is based off our favorite, Jack Nicholson. And apparently, I don't know how true this is, but I heard that he was trying to get him to watch him in this role. And I don't think he ever seen him do it. Which could have changed by now. Maybe He was he also a little bit of a terror because he was dating Kim Walker hey, yo. and broke hey, up with her yo. so that he can date Winona. What and I just want to know, what is that with Winona and dating her co-stars like Johnny Depp, Christian Slater? What is up with this? I mean, okay, look, I'm going to be honest. I can see it because you spend all these time with people and we this hear this true. a lot when we watch these movies. Just like, in, once again, I'm bringing up Sleepaway Camp and these was like babies. But like Felissa and Jonathan Tiersten, they was dating. But I think it's just because you be around these people, you already got this chemistry where you fake like them. And it's just like, dang, is this real? Do I really like, am I acting or am I not acting? So, I mean, I can see it. I do kind of find it funny that she don't remember dating him, but. Yeah, no, that was we funny. Moved. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, player, player. Shannon Doherty as Heather Duke. You guys might know her as Prue from Charmed. Or Justice for Prue. <laughs> I feel like every time we bring up <laughs> bathtubs will never be the same apparently she was a menace during filming as well they wanted her to be blonde because as you can see the other Heathers are blonde but she was like um that's gonna destroy my hair so they landed on giving her a rinse of just red which I feel works a lot better I kind of like that she's not blonde so I'm fine with that she also didn't want to swear or say anything dark so they had to either alter her lines or keep refilming her lines because when she would say them, she would either laugh or she would do like Rose McGowan did in Jawbreaker when she didn't like the line and just keep saying it so terribly that they probably have to cut it. I'm just like, damn. <laughs> and then she cried at the premiere because she didn't know she was in a dark comedy. She thought this was a drama. Ma'am, did you not read the script? <laughs> did she not see what was happening behind her? I just well Shannon was she wasn't there. Shannon wasn't in that scene. So I don't oh, yeah, know. Yeah, that bitch that bitch was dead then. Never mind. No, she wasn't but dead. I, wrong Heather. <laughs> but this God, movie is what got her cast in 90210. Right. So I'm just like and it's like I mean, you know, at the time people don't realize what things can do for them. So eh, just, 90210, that was my mama's show, okay? She had me watching that joint too. Listen, that was, I Regular feel like that girl. was another one Celebrity of those black dreams. girls getting your hair she done shows that you just pick up at until you got to put your head down to get yep. your hair parted the right way. Yep. We have <laughs> Lee San Falk. Mm -mm, that's not her name. We have Lee San Falk as Heather McNamara. Potential contenders were Heather Graham, but her parents said, um, sis, no, you're not doing this movie. First of all, you're 17. This content is way too dark. We know. No, baby. Sorry. But whole time, Lee San, she lied about her age. Whole time was a whole like what twenty three, and she said yes. she was eighteen or something her like ass, that. Yes, her ass was the oldest one, I think. <laughs> I mean, like twenty three is not old, but when we talk about certain people, it's just like with the age range. I'm not saying twenty three is old, but the age range. You got a sixteen year old, and you who was sixteen? Winona was, wasn't she? <gasps> was she? Oh wow. Oh, oh yeah, because this was a year after Beetlejuice. Uh, she got this. She got this role because of Beetlejuice. Even though they doubted the fuck out of her, they still love her. Mm. 
Then we have the late Kim Walker as Heather Chandler. As Jeanne mentioned at the time, she they wanted somebody else for this role. And I can't remember who it was at the moment. But she got this role because Christian Slater was dating her. And he was like, hey, my ex-girlfriend can do this. My ex, wait a minute, ain't y'all dating? Well, I guess not no more. <laughs> but I do want to bring up because, as we know, she did pass. But I think it's so chilling that she passed from a brain tumor. And one of her most iconic lines in this movie is, did you eat a brain tumor for breakfast? But for some, it's more moments like that in this movie. And I'll point them yeah. out when we get to the review because, oh my gosh, they like stuck out to me. Let me run through this casting really quick. We have Penelope Milford as Pauline Fleming, Glenn Shaddix as Father Ripper, or Otho from Beetlejuice, Lance Fenton as Kurt Kelly, Patrick Labreto as Ram Sweeney, Carrie Lynn as Martha Dunstock, Phil Lewis. As Dennis, a.k.a. Mr. Mosby. Reading Rainbow. Listen, I remember the first time I saw this and I heard him speak because I don't think I was like looking. I said, hold up. I know that voice. Mr. Mosby. I'm like mad that like you're like Mr. Mosby. And I'm like, but Reading Rainbow came before that. I know, but I was more (laughs) like Reading Rainbow. I watched it, but I wasn't crazy about it like everybody else. Like I can sing the theme song with y'all all day. But Sweet Life was me. And you know me, I'm gonna be honest. Um, Jeremy Applegate as Peter Dawson. He is also another person that has passed since this movie. And ironically, we could just talk about this now. In the scene where it's Heather Chandler's funeral, we hear him talking about, well, when he prays, he's talking about praying that he never meets this end. And ironically, he did end up unaliving himself. And I would, I believe it's because he couldn't find work as an actor, which is always so sad when that happened. And this cast is tragic. Listen, I don't know if it's this cast or if it's the cast from The Lost Boys. Because if y'all remember that episode, every other person, I was like, the late, the late, the late, the late, the late, the late. Like, it was, ooh. But I mean, years have passed. People get older and things happen. But, These people died young, though. Yeah, they did, and very tragically, so there's a point. John Matthews as Rodney, Renee Estevez as Betty Finn. Some of you might know her as Molly from Sleepaway Camp 2 and Intruder. Jennifer, I have seen neither. It's okay. It's okay. We'll get to Sleepaway <laughs> Camp 2 at some point. Don't ask me when, but some point. It's in my list. You should definitely watch it. You should definitely watch it. A lot of people like the sequels. And it's going to be weird. Wait, no, I lied. I did watch Sleepaway Camp 2. You did? I hated it. Bitch, you better be joking. (laughs) Take back what I said. It's it's divided. Like, when it comes to Sleepaway Camp, some people just really like the first one so much that when you see the sequels, you're like, what the fuck is this? And some people are the other way, where they do like the original, but they just enjoy the sequels a lot more. Oh, I haven't seen Sleepaway Camp 2. I just saw Sleepaway Camp 1. In my Remember, opinion, I complained about Sleepaway Camp 3, but I only finished it because I had already started it. Right. Oh, I do remember this. Jennifer Rhodes as Mrs. Sawyer. This is a horror mama. Slumber Party Massacre, Night of the Demons 2, and Charmed. I want to say that was Prue's grandma. grandma? Yeah, she was their yeah. grandmother. Yeah. It's other people in this cast, but we are just going to go past that because we've been here forever. Just a few uh, little things for y'all. Filming was 33 days, and this movie only had a budget of $3 million. 
dollars. Jesus, they had no faith. This left them with no money for marketing, which is partly why the shit flopped because everyone rejected this script because of the subject matter until an indie film company, New World, took it on. And you know, they was like, okay, y'all gotta change the ending though. And there are some alternate endings, but we're not gonna talk about that till the end of our review. And I, I know you- I throw in another ahead. random person who auditioned for this movie. Who? Drew Barrymore. I did read that, but then I didn't find nothing else on it. So I was like, I don't know how true this is. Because sometimes I'm not going to hold you. I am BDB lying about shit. <laughs> so that's why sometimes, like, if I look at facts on there, I have to double check. Because I'm like, y'all be lying. People, because you know anybody can just edit yeah. and write in. So, And I was looking, because I was like, maybe they can tell us, like, exactly who it was. But my thing is, this was 1988. Firestarter came out in 1984 and she was like, what? Eight? So what did she audition for? I know we usually do this at the end, but we haven't actually done this in a while. So a moment ago, I was speaking about the marketing for this movie and why it basically had a hand and why this movie failed. So I figured like, let's take a look at these two posters. Um, Survivors, y'all can go to our Instagram. Y'all know we always post hella posters uh, when we post the movie. At this point in filming, I don't know what I'm going to use for the main poster, but this poster is going to be in that post. The main one in our script is the second one where you just see JD and Veronica all hugged up, boot up, boot up in front of the chalkboard and it says Heathers. Seeing that poster, this do not give me dark comedy at all. <laughs> like, I don't know what I would have been getting with this movie. In my opinion, I probably would have more or less went with this first one that we have with JD and Veronica at the top holding the gun and the girls at the bottom with the picture ripped. That probably would have done a lot better than this original poster. Like this original poster, the production team don't even like it. They was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, ugh, ugh. But I mean, all of that stuff is important. Like posters, trailers, all of that stuff is going to help make or break your movie. And I feel like I agree. This was a big thing that made this movie flop. Obviously, we weren't there, so we don't so, know. So, being real. honest, the main poster is the reason why I've never watched this film. And I, because and that's what I I'm always, saying. I always see it in y'all survivors. Everyone fucking knows how I feel about movies. If folks ain't dying, why am I watching? Um, so I see this was, I was like, it's a dark comedy, but they're hugged up. I was like, oh, it's romance, and they just got the fuck, they just got the little tags fucked up. It happens, and I kept it fucking moving. I was like, this is, no, this ain't it. Yeah, this and it's like a lovey-dovey. It's so many other poster variations. Some are created by people who obviously had nothing to do with the movie, and some are, they have become official posters over time that are so much better and get the point across of what this movie is intended to be. And it's just like, damn, like, what made y'all do this? This looks like, okay, now we know that obviously this movie was, like, based off, like, or inspired by John Hughes films at the time, but that is exactly what this poster is giving, okay? <laughs> it's giving Pretty in Pink, it's giving 16 Candles, it's giving Breakfast Club, <laughs> all of that, like I- And I love all of those movies. Look, look, y'all should see the way John May face like nothing. <laughs> She's like writing all of these down for future birthday movie <laughs> to torture AJ with. <laughs> And Britney, because Britney looks confused. Well, I mean, I like some of those movies, so you wouldn't be torturing me. I, so. I have seen Breakfast Club. Thank you very much. Oh, we sorry. 
I don't know about the other ones though. I'm just I just wanted to say that emphasis just so I could like sound like something. Please don't make me I love a Molly Ringwald movie, okay? Oh my god, please no. Please no. This is hell. Oh this is hell. Damn. Look, she worse than me. <laughs> One thing about this movie that runs rampant through the movie is the color theory. And y'all know I love me a theory. Each of the girls obviously have a signature color. You have Heather Chandler, who wears red, Heather Duke, who wears green, Heather McNamara, who wears yellow, Veronica, who wears blue, and J.D., who wears black. Now, down in the show notes, I have pulled plenty of analysis and videos discussing outfits, the theories, and every other angle of the film. So we're not going to deep dive here today, but we will be mentioning how these colors play a big part in the movie and my favorite analysis that's in the show notes is actually done by a channel called modern girls i definitely suggest if you don't watch any other movie in that playlist definitely watch that one honestly the colors just may help me remember who was who <laughs> it's like twins <laughs> like multiples you just got to give them a signature color and be like this is that one that's that yeah one. because it was like they never really gave out first and last names early on mm -hmm. so just like you just assign people a color and just call it a day i'm like oh that oh she wearing red that's the lead bitch i'm like yellow oh that's tweety all right tweet go tweet your little sad ass on somewhere else oh, um, i love her i'm just throwing it out there but goddamn so i'm actually confused about the whole veronica blue thing because she wore a lot of black i cannot wait to talk about it i will look let me tell y'all when i say i'm gonna set y'all straight I am going to set y'all all the way straight. So while we at it, let's go right ahead and go to the Q-Line. Step in line. Your number is near. Follow the signs. Your time is here. For today's Q-Line, I just went real simple because, you know, everybody has a personality. We do these a lot. Survivors, you can play right along with us. The q like that. Survivors, you can play right along with us or wait till later, whatever you want to do. But the link is down in the show notes. So today we're going to build the house of our dreams. Which kind of... Oh, no, it doesn't. That's season three. Never mind. So today we are going to build the house of our dreams. And we're going to reveal which Heather we are from the Heathers. You guys ready? Let's go. Ready, Freddy. Okay, six questions. Choose an exterior. The first one, it's giving like a house that you would see in California, New Mexico, Mexico, something like that. Very hot palm trees. The Second. second house, if you ever seen Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, this is that house. This is definitely that house. It's, it's like 20 different colors. It looks like something you would see on freaking Playhouse Disney, okay? I was gonna say it's the up house. Yeah. Or it looks, oh, it does look like the up house. Very good it comparison. It is the up house. Please don't have that sad story. The third house is a house you would see on the pamphlet at Home Depot or like Lowe's or some shit. Actually, <laughs> this house looks like it stepped out of Vivarium. This house, it's like you're going to go in there and never fucking leave. Which house? That one you just said. The very last one. Oh, I ain't seen that movie, so I was like, that. I'm yeah. lost on that one. <laughs> I was going to say, this is definitely poster Ryan Holmes. You're right, that's a, Ryan okay. <laughs> Come view this house. It's definitely one of them, okay? I can hear the Home Depot, like, theme music, commercial music playing in the background. <laughs> 
I ain't gonna choose the first one because y'all know me. I, my life is a vacation. I choose, like Maxine said, I will not accept the life I don't deserve. So put me in the hot place. I'm picking the first one. I've always had dreams of white picket fences. And that's what the Ryan home is giving me. <laughs> so I'm going with the Ryan home. Well, give me some blue eyeshadow and a pickup truck because I'm picking house number one. <laughs> wait, what? Do the wait, do the pickup truck got the luck with the ride child horn. <laughs> Cause that's the only way that works. Yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> she's quoting Maxine. She said, Ashley said she's not gonna take the life she doesn't deserve. And so I'm agreeing and saying, give me the blue eyeshadow, the line of coke. And a pickup truck to run a bitch over with. Spoiler. And um, I'm picking house number one because that's the house I fucking deserve. Okay. Choose a kitchen. Okay. All of these kitchens are different kitchens you will see in Orion. <laughs> the first one, it has more of a clean white and grayscale vibe. Yellow. Okay, wait, cabinet. wait, wait. So the first one is not a Ryan home kitchen. This first one is giving me, I bought an old ass house and I decided to do a DIY kitchen renovation. Yeah. Yeah. This second one is giving very dark cherry cabinet, stainless steel, built in stove. Built. First of all, this is a double stove. That's the money. Okay. <laughs> and the oven is separate from it. Like this is a lot. But you know what? If you guys have seen the 2009 Orphan movie, it almost looks like that kitchen, almost. But I feel like there's something else I could pull from here. I don't know. The third one, the third one is more, now this is espresso, but if you want to cheat and say it's black, it can be black, but it's espresso but this design. Is, this is a Ryan home. Definitely. Factory setting. When you, you see buy this backsplash. <laughs> when you buy a new house and honestly, I'm not even gonna lie, this is Brandon's kitchen. Exactly. Well, shit. Brandon, move over, because it's my kitchen now, because that's the one I'm picking. I'm picking that one, too. <laughs> oh, no, a bitch love to bake. Give me that double fucking oven. I need it for myself. And I see the dishwasher and this place. I'd be so fucking happy. All that shelvage. <laughs> Choose a bathroom. Okay, now this first one... <laughs> <laughs> wow. again another diy yes home renovation like i could just tell they was like you know what blue make it blue and then just put different type of blues everywhere and this shit don't even match for real but it, you know what it's fine whatever the second one, ooh, the second one is giving me Sam's honey. When you just make a big ass house and you really don't know what to do with it, so you just fill it up with shit, but it turns out cute in the end. It's like, giving modern, it's like a modern luxury bathroom because yeah. there's a bidet. You could yeah. see it on American Psycho if it was if it was filmed now. This bathroom would be in one of their houses, apartments, whatever. The third one definitely gives me HOA. <laughs> Like all the bathrooms are the same in everybody's house. They just different directions depending on which yep. way the house is facing. 
but all white you know you can't do too much you can't paint it because they definitely gonna find your ass um the bathroom the bathtub is super super skinny so if two of y'all try to get up in there you're gonna be cramped as a bitch and yeah that's what that is so you know what give me that second one because that is yeah my vibe i'm going with the bidet bathroom number two alex even though i've never used a bidet before oh it is i've been using my bidet since i've been here in japan i'm definitely buying one i should have got one on prime day i was playing around but definitely getting one when i go back to the states this is my second roll of tissue that i've used since i've been here that's how much tissue I have saved. It's crazy. <laughs> Choose a bedroom. Okay, now this first one, I'm not gonna hold you. This is a little childish. And I okay, first of all, first of all, it's that's a raven meets woman. Barn kids. Okay, oh, that's what it is. Cause the bedding is definitely give me. Remember when JC Penny had that that's a raven? I'm sorry, I'm always saying like Tasha Mack when she said it in the game. Okay, little miss, that's a raven. But yeah, it's giving that's a raven bedding, but the actual bed and everything else. Now this is actually black. This is not espresso, but just like John A said, it's definitely Pottery Barn Kids. I meant to say Pottery Barn Teen. That makes it slightly better. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I hate that you said a little childish. This is not a little, this is childish. Oh, I mean. Like- this is like that middle stage when you're graduating from a kid to a teen and they try to give you a bigger I could even see like blue. I could even see like a freshman in college getting bed in like this. I can see it. completely missing the blue wall. <laughs> oh, I see the blue wall. I'm just saying there like, is a sky on that wall. Like if you look, you can tell that they clearly gave it them little not Toy Story. <laughs> no, this this is childish. This second one, Johnny, will you do the honors? Because I feel like you would be a lot more clever than me, but it's definitely giving Ashley Furniture Showroom. <laughs> it's giving Grandma House. Yes, I wanted to say that, but I was like, I don't know if I want to mm-hmm. go that far. It's giving Grandma's is house. Huge. It's, yep, it's giving Grandma's house because you got the, the area rug that looked like Grandma's rug on top of the wooden floor. And it's probably that daggone armoire mirror. The armor mirror. <laughs> grandma's this is grandma house. All cherry oak. <laughs> yep. Hella blankets on the bed. Hella covers on the bed. No duvet mm-hmm. though. Just all thick ass sweaty covers. As soon as you get under that first one, you gotta put your foot out. Cause yep. you're gonna burn up, bitch. <laughs> and the third one is very modern, very gray. Ref- yes, is literally an influencer bed. And you know what? Yep. Call me shallow because that's my room. That's my because it's the it's that gray that gray with this with the mirror mm-hmm. on the trim and stuff. Yep, this is a a YouTube influencer makeup artist. Room. Is there a mirror on the ceiling? No. no. Okay. Well, I want the white one. You can give me number two. Um, I'll just take that one. All right. Because um, <laughs> that even though that one's number three is really nice. Um, if we gonna have all this, we might as well go the full shebang. And I want to watch myself. Never mind. There ain't no mirror oh. on the ceiling. I don't really think that's just great. So I'm gonna go with two. I'm it's all fun and games until Tiffany come in there and throw a bottle in the air. I'm gonna that bitch ass long before we get there. I'm we not distracted. Uh, I already told y'all how I feel about mirrors in the room. Right. But I'm gonna go with the third one. Choose a living room. 
first of all, this first one definitely gives me early 2000s living room when we had open concept living rooms and you had the couch in there, but there was nothing else in there that filled the living room. It was just the couch. And the armoire. <laughs> and a big ass TV. <laughs> yep. This is giving me Georgia, Georgia homes. Because whenever I went to my ex-boyfriend house, his parents' house, this was their living room for a while. That like suede-ish couch. Mm-hmm. Like you bet not spill nothing on that couch because it ain't never coming out. If you just greased your hair, you bet not sit back. Because it's going to be a grease spot forever and you're going to have to cover it with like a pillow or like the little thing you put at the top. It's going to be hell. This second one, this second one looked like something in a New York Manhattan Apartment theory. Apartment. Mm-hmm. Like that. You would see not apartment theory, apartment therapy. Mm-hmm. Apartment therapy, their their little things that they be doing. That's what this is. Is that a uh chase? Like the it's a it's a sectional, but part of the segment sectional has a chase. What that's called something with an L. What is it called? Or maybe it is just it's something. Pardon? A chase lounger. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like, I feel like it's something with an L and I wanted to say lounger, but I'm like, no, that can't be it. I feel like it's something more fancy. The third one. Martha Stewart. Yes. Okay. First of all, well, let, y'all know Martha Stewart. Cookies, y'all heard I of Martha Short. Hmm. I had no idea until my sister told me this morning. It's called Martha Shard. They got weed in it. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. because You know, she best friends with Snoop. I know she is and she know what she doing. That's her bestie for life, okay? <laughs> she know what she be doing. I'm going I, with the Martha Stewart living room. The same, and we just gonna add more plants. It's already plants up in there. We gonna add some plants, and then we gonna add some black decor around what we already get, and that's perfect for me. Finally, choose a backyard. Okay, now this second one <laughs> is so cute, okay? Everything is concreted out. You got a little fire pit is giving very, I wouldn't say cottage core, but I would say it's very, very cozy. Like you can have hella family gatherings out there and everybody will have a place to sit. You got your place where people can go smoke far, far away in the back, back over there. You got the grill right there. Then you got the place where we could just snuggle in a blanket around a fire pit and be cool. Then the next one, it is a big pool. This is like a dumb one you would build on Sims that don't have no type of right angling. It's just there surrounded by the beautiful foliage that are these flowers and these trees that you probably got from Lowe's and Home Depot and had a contractor come put in the ground because you couldn't do it yourself. Then the third one is just a big open backyard, once again, surrounded by beautiful foliage and high enough trees that if you enter that kinky shit in the backyard, no one will see you. No one will hear you scream. Oh no, they're gonna hear you scream, but they're just not gonna see the action, so. Soldier boy, tell him. You, I'm jumping in that motherfucking pool. Oh, I'm picking the second one too. Okay? Yeah, I'm picking the second one too. You see, book, see if the first one would have had a pool like peeking somewhere in the background, I would have picked that first one because that fire pit is gorgeous. And I love how this is all just like, uh, I said the word earlier, but I can't think of what I just said earlier. But I just love how that's all stoned out like that. However, I love grass. And I'm pretty sure that this pool has a grass area and it probably has a stoned out area as well. So I feel like you get the best of all three. So we're going with number two. Oh, hell. Right? (laughs) Did we get the same person? I feel like we all got the same person, but I don't know. They got Heather Chandler. 
I got Heather Chandler. I got Heather. I got Heather Chandler. How the hell? I feel like because we chose all the luxury things, we chose the luxury bedroom. Well, Brittany chose a lot of different ones from us, though. So that's uh, why I'm trying to figure out how she got Heather Chandler too. I think it was the bathroom and the pool. Probably Jesus. I mean, it's like I can see it, but also. I don't know. Survivors, let us... For me? No, for me. Oh. (laughs) Survivors, let us know what your results were down on our newest post or on our Twitter. It's Survivor shoutouts, (laughs) y'all. So, we like to, you know, give our Patreon subscribers shoutout. First things first, we have Quandria. Quandria. If I ever walked around to ask you the lunchtime poll, I would just make a special question just for you. We have Rhea and Ace from Dank and Dudley. Rhea and Ace, you guys would definitely be the stoners at Westerberg High. I just feel like you would be functioning ones though, not like the ones in this movie. We have Sheree and Trent from A Nightmare on Fear Street. You know, Sheree and Trent, I feel like they got sense enough to get the fuck out of this school before the shit even pops off. So, you know what? Who knows, y'all? <laughs> we have Bianca. Bianca, Bianca. Girl, if you were a video stack, it would be color-coded just like this movie. And I feel like it would be beautiful. Next up, we have top flight security of the world, Donnell. We know that in this school, none of this shit would have happened because he would have been took these motherfuckers out. Actually, I feel like Donnell would have been like, um, actually, you know what? I'm the head out. I'm just going to tell people I like him. If y'all don't come, then it is what it is at this point. <laughs> he was, but he'd be school security, so he would... He would stop it. He'd do his job. Now, not to put my friend business out there, but remember what happened at his first security job. (laughs) Next up, we have Nita. Nita, you are so very. We have E.P. Cody. You'd have been shut the shit down, Cody. You wouldn't have been like them at the round table of fucking school administrators just shooting the shit, talking about how she misused words. You would have said they had a problem. I have faith in you, Cody. Next up, Jazz from Girl That's Scary. First of all, I just <laughs> I just feel like Jazz would be like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, okay, you know what? No, we're not about to do this today. Actually, Veronica, honey, just come here. Come be a Veronica over here because these bitches ain't got it together today. Cole. Listen, I ain't gonna hold you, Cole. We all know you was turning the cult in the school. It's okay, baby. We can talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> you probably would have used Veronica to write all of y'all letters just so people wouldn't know who they came from. Dead ass. <laughs> you would have used that, the first little unalive but really murder accident to start your cult and like to skyrocket you into fame and then everyone that happened afterward just a sacrifice. I understand you, Cole. I still love you. And last but not least, Brandon. Not to be confused with my boyfriend, Brandon. He doesn't like us that much. You raggedy bitch. I love my alive gay survivor. 
Oh, well, that's it for this month's Survivor Shadow. If you guys want to be added to the tent of exclusive survivors, just come join us over on Patreon and we'll put you down on that list. It is our time to take the lunchtime poll. Let's go right ahead and get to 1989's Heathers. I wanted to be a member of the most powerful clique in school. Dear Diary, Heather said she teaches people real life. You were nothing before you met me. You were a Girl Scout cookie. Does it not bother you that everybody in this school thinks that you're a piranha? Like I give a shit. Heather number one just looked right at me. You a Heather? No, I'm a Veronica. I don't really like my friends. I don't really like your friends either. They're people I work with and our job is being popular. Maybe it's time to take a vacation. I just killed my best friend. And your worst enemy. Same difference. My teen angst has a body count. This is a tragic thing. Hallelujah. We scare people into not being assholes. What did you say, dickhead? <laughs> I did not want them dead. You did too. Did not. You did not. Shut up. I love my dead gay son. You were out of control. That knife is filthy. What do you think I'm gonna do with it? Take out her tonsils? Ha! Is this as good for you as it is for me? Life and suck. That's it. We're breaking up. I don't know which trailer you guys watch because when I was looking at the trailer, I'm not gonna hold you. I had a time trying to figure out which one was the real one. <laughs> so I ended up watching three. I watched two. Um there's one I watched that was one minute and 56 seconds and apparently this was the 30th anniversary restoration trailer so if it had like so if it had like the pink writing in it from arrow yeah Yeah. that was the redo Mm -hmm. then I watched one that was a minute and 34 seconds that was like so what I did was I googled the movie and you know how like google be having like the trailers listed right. underneath so the trailer that i found was like from like eight years ago or something like that and it was right. a minute and 34 seconds and honestly i like the restoration trailer better i do like the restoration trailer better simply because i feel like it does a great job one you still don't know what the fuck happens in this movie <laughs> like you know it's about some bitchy girls and you know that a guy comes in and plays some part of the story, but you still, it's like, it does a good job. And the music, I, the music was what brought me in for real. I was vibing with it. I was like, okay, all right. But it does a really <laughs> good, this is like what I want in my trailers. Do just enough for me to get my interest peaked. But a lot of times, right. like trailers today, like the orphan trailer has dropped. By the time we, this episode drops, um, it'll be how been like two weeks excuse me but I didn't watch it and a lot of my friends was like yeah no you should don't watch it because it tells you way too much which is what happens these days look listen don't watch the orphan trailer but that one trailer that was like a minute 36 seconds that one um you could tell they were low budget you could tell they ain't had no money you could tell they ran out because wasn't even no goddamn music 
Yeah, like it was nothing to that trailer. And that's why I was like, I was still kind of curious, like, is this the official trailer? Like, I had no idea because it just was so bland. And I was like, once again, I see why this movie failed. Like, this was one of those you really had to mess around and find out with this movie. And that's kind of I sad. thought it was fan made. I was like, I know. Yeah, I official. definitely thought it was fan made. I was like, oh. Is it? <laughs> Our movie opens with a blonde tying her hair in a bright red scrunchie. She is joined by two other girls in a beautiful landscape yard. The trio trample the garden and prepare to play a game of croquet. Each of the girls take their turns as we learn their all name, Heather. First, Heather McNamara, Heather Duke, and last, Heather Chandler, who was the only one to hit their goal, the buried head of the latest addition to the group, Veronica Sawyer. This turns out to be a dream. Why they treat the flowers like that? I was very upset. They trampled them. I know it was a dream. She had trampled them fucking roses. Okay. I would interpret it as like it's literally telling you what you went for because same because you see like it's this beautiful backyard you see these three pretty girls but you know what's pretty on the outside just like jawbreaker like the sweetest girls can be as evil on the inside and I think that's just like your blatant tip off and I'm like oh okay well all right cool the landscape is gonna be pissed my mama would whip my ass (laughs) okay And then the whole thing is that's not even y'all backyard. That's Veronica's backyard. Y'all ain't got no respect. Veronica narrates her latest diary entry as we see her navigating through the halls of hell that is Westerberg High School. Wrapping up her entry, she is sought out by the head in charge, Heather Chandler, by Heather McNamara and Heather Duke. Meeting her in the cafeteria, Heather Chandler wants to pull a prank on Martha Dunstock or a dump truck as they name her, by having Veronica use her handwriting copying talents to forge a love letter from popular football player, Kirk Kelly. Veronica points out that there's no reason to do this because she doesn't have anything against the girl, but Heather Chandler cannot give a damn and just wants to be entertained and forces Heather Duke to bend over as a table for Veronica to carry out the prank when there are clearly 20 other tables that she could have used, but anyway. The Heathers are the most popular, but they are feared and hated all the same. Veronica, who is guilty by association, has had enough of their behavior and wants to return to her old life and her normal friends, for she is the only one who is able to get along with different groups of people around the school, as we see as her and Heather Chandler walk around to take the lunchtime poll. And Veronica is able to speak with her old friend, Betty Finn. I honestly can't believe that they put milk with every school meal. Like, milk don't go with everything. It don't. And I was sitting there licking it up, baby. Mm. (laughs) Like, no problem. I used to take my friend's chocolate milk because she didn't drink it. And I would just, why? They didn't give us water. (laughs) And then then they gave milk and orange juice. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, they would give us a juice cup. Or cranberry juice. And I'm just like, I never, I rarely ate school lunch, but I remember the one time I did drink the milk because, you know, I'm like the tolerant and I had never had real milk a day in my life. And Mm -hmm. the one time I drank it at school, I ended up sick as a dog. It's like now when I look back on, I'm like, why did they do us like that? What's going on? Oh, and then they was like really pushing it. Like the whole drink your milk campaign. Like we was eating it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So real quick. Lately, 
Our generation has been obsessed with Mandela effects. Chick-fil-A not always having a K at the end. Hypnotic not having a Y. And the list goes Honestly, on and on and on. I remember Chick-fil-A having the K. I sent the picture to the group message so y'all could see it. That random last sign that I sent. But I remember it because I had issues always spelling it wrong. And then I remember with having just the C2 because it, my phone will always autocorrect right. to add the K at the end. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, my favorite one is the uh, Fruit Loops, which I don't think is a Mandela effect. They really did change it because it was spelled regular. No, it was spelled with two of the serial O's and then they just changed it. It was like the same when tricks change from the fruit to the balls. I'm just like, no, that's something that changed. But I bring that up because when Heather Chandler is walking around doing a lunchtime poll and she asks the question, she says, you win all this money from Publishers Clearinghouse and Egg McMahon comes to your door and hands you the check. Now we all know... That everybody lost their shit when they found out that Ed McMahon was not the person with Publisher Clearinghouse. And this has been proven because what actually happened was there's another company called American, what is it called? American Publishing? Yeah, American Family Publishers. And that's the one that Ed McMahon was a part of. But apparently these two was like competition neck and neck that people just associated Ed McMahon with PCH. But it tripped me out because I'm like, she's saying it in this movie. So was that just written wrong? Or are they fucking with us? Because now I'm messed up. I don't know. I don't remember that one. Yeah, she says it super quick. And that's what made me write it down. Because like I, I just said, remember hearing that guy. Yeah, like, no, she said, because she asked. At that point, when she says that guy, that's when she's starting to get sick of Veronica's shit because Veronica's like low key being a bitch. And she's just like, I'm not trying to ask everybody in the school. I'm just trying to ask people that matter. So she's just running and breezing through the question. But the very first time she asked, she says Ed McMahon. And I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. But I also <laughs> don't remember. I didn't even know that there was more than one company. I just remember. <laughs> No, like I only, like, yeah, I only remember Publishers Clearinghouse, but that's why I looked it up because I remember that being the thing with the whole Mandela effect as well. But also, can we talk about Kurt and Ram? I just, ugh. they're ugh. annoying. They are annoying. I, just, I would get Madonna to actually, actually, she should pay me. First of all, sir, ew. Mm. Also, Heather McNamara reminds me of Karen. Do they even have Thanksgiving in Africa? That's the definite equivalent of why are you white? <laughs> oh my God, Karen, you just can't ask somebody why they're white. Uh, as the two walk around taking the lunchtime poll survey, Heather becomes fed up with Veronica trying to outbitch her and continually challenge her. During this, Veronica starts noticing a mysterious kid watching her drool much. After embarrassing Martha Dunstock and helping Heather Duke purge during lunchtime touch-ups, she breaks away from the group to speak to Jason D, aka JD, 
about the lunch pole. For some reason, this has everyone bothered, especially Kurt and Ram, who decide to try and punt JD until I ain't never scared. JD pulls a gun on the two and pops blinks at them. Honestly, I can't believe that he pulled out a gun. Like, so I remember swift. the first time I saw it, I thought it was a dream. So swift. He was like, oh, I'll repeat myself and just pull. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I really I thought it was born. a dream the first time I saw it. I was truly, I was kerfuffled. I was schneckledorf. I, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. Me either. I, I was like, did he just pull out a gun at school? Like, I, I was like, the 80s, oh. but damn, you wildin'. Exactly. I was like, oh, this is when, like I said, like what Johnny said when she first watched it, I was like, oh, this movie is going there because it's like the first 10 minutes of the movie. The grassy, it goes there. Okay, listen, oh my God, I missed the end. <laughs> I missed the end so much. But let's rewind because we get two of my favorite lines. And one of them I didn't even realize until this watch that it was an insult. And I'm definitely about to incorporate that. But when Veronica's like, you're beautiful. I'm definitely about to start saying that to insult people because that's funny as hell because you wouldn't think it's an insult until you really think about it. I'm sorry. Girl- I, I'm Southern to my heart. So I, I can bless your that heart. immediately. Exactly. Right. That is literally bless your heart. And also, fuck me gently with the chainsaw. Do you think I'm Mother Teresa? <laughs> I fucking love that one. Now that one, I will be saying. Oh, no, y'all know I throw that. It's between that and up yours with a twirling lawnmower. Those are neck and neck in my book. Cause I'm just going to say that at any time. I, first of all, when I, I was doing something before I left for Japan and I was on FaceTime with my sisters and my mom. And I always say it around my sisters, but I said it. And my mom was like, uh, uh. I was like, I'm <laughs> sorry, my bad. <laughs> was there. I'm sorry girl that's how like I just say it I just be letting that fly I was like I'm sorry and the crazy part is she listens to the podcast so she definitely be hearing me just let all this color hey mom (laughs) I'm I'm sorry I'm not like this in person (laughs) no my mom she she that's my bestie she be okay I'm lying I am like this in person (laughs) um I was just look I'm southern so that's a head thing I won't be like this around you. I won't be like this around you in person. (laughs) Following this, Veronica finds herself fascinated with JD and the clique continues playing croquet at Veronica's house as we continue seeing the dynamic of the clique. Later that night, Veronica attends a Remington college party with Heather Chandler. On the way, we stop at a gas station for barbecue corn nuts where Veronica runs into JD again. At the party, Heather Chandler subjects herself to the frat boy's expectations, but Veronica refuses to have sex and later ends up throwing up on Heather Chandler's shoes. For embarrassing her, Heather vows to destroy her reputation come Monday. I just want to know, like, throw your coat on the floor. I ain't throwing my coat on the floor. (laughs) The fuck? I would also like to point out that Veronica's parents are hilarious. Her dad, why do I read spy novels? Because you're an idiot. I just like, like this whole little croquet scene. First of all, I don't know too much about like that game, but I guess it's supposed to be like a game of dominance. Do any of you guys know about that game? Because It don't. was on Bridgerton. 
literally about to bring up Bridgerton because oh my god it was that's what it was reminding me of of when they purposely hit the ball out into the mm-hmm. freaking woods <laughs> in, in Bridgerton they were very competitive okay it was a whole thing Right down to right down right down to fighting over the mallet. Only one person can have a mallet, but then homegirl came in and was like, "I want the black mallet." Well, at least she didn't ask for the real one because Heather would have been pissed. I'm telling you, it's the same exact thing to the T. Because like, for some reason, certain color they believe certain colors behave better than the other ones. So, you got a stronger match. I don't fucking know. I don't know how to play this game besides hitting the ball with a stick, and I don't really need. Never mind. Wow. So right off the bat, talking about the dynamic of the clique, you can see that obviously Heather's the leader. It's very evident that Heather do wants to be Heather Chandler. And Heather McNamara, she's just here to have a good time. <laughs> like that sweet little angel baby. She's just here to have a good time. But the struggle between Heather Duke and Heather Chandler is one that I live for because you can just tell that Heather Chandler is aware of how Heather Duke is. And she's like, bitch, I really didn't have to hit your ball, your ball, but I'm gonna knock you down a few notches. Why? Well, why not? Like, bitch, first you asked to be red. Did you have a fucking brain tumor for breakfast? Like, bitch, sit your ass down. But also I love that Heather Duke has her moment and hits the most impossible shot. I don't know how she did it, but she did, but it is what it is. So when the girls go to this um, college party, a lot of it you can see that is dressed in red. So you see Heather is in red. Most of the ambiance of the party is in red. However, if you notice, Heather doesn't have her scrunchie. This scrunchie is basically like Heather's power. Don't ask me how, but that's what it's symbolic of. She doesn't have this scrunchie. So here she's defenseless. Like you see how, imagine how she would have treated a guy in her school. Versus how she's letting this dude just like tell her what to do and she's actually doing it because she feels like she has to, to get that type of approval. I just, what annoyed me the most was the fact that how she reluctantly went down and give him hit. Like, girl, if you don't leave that damn room, act like you have some class about you. And she ain't got no type of decorum. Not in this case, she ain't have her power. The power was not with her. The force was not with this girl at this moment. Whereas Veronica actually stands up for herself and she's like nick you're not even worth my speech we're not even about to do this today like what the no i don't have to do this and this is where you get the clash of blue and red because in that scene and even when you think about it i just thought about this right before that happens when heather chandler goes in the bathroom and she's like looking at herself and disgust and spits the water out the bathroom is blue and we know that's veronica's color now i know earlier she was mentioning them kids out her mouth Okay. I know you mentioned earlier about Veronica, like the way she wears blues in different colors, but uh, I'm trying to think, should I bring that up now? Should I bring that up a little later? I think I'll hold that for a little second. But once they get outside and they start arguing, we know that Veronica had lit something on fire in that cup, threw it out the window, and now the trash can is on fire, so it's illuminating red, but we also see blue. So we see that clash of blue and red that represents um, Heather C. and Veronica and them fighting and their powers. So this is what we are dealing with at this present moment. And even, I want to talk about Heather's dressing. 
we see that she like she's at a college party but she looks like she's like at a formal party so it kind of shows you like she doesn't really know as much as she lets on to think she knows you know what I mean like it's always that one person that dresses that does the most and it's like ooh, you was not because honestly Veronica was dressed better than her right more fitting for a college party occasion exactly that night, JD shows up at Veronica's house and they end up boning outside in the backyard on the neighbor's swing, said, damn y'all well. After which Veronica confides in JD about her current plight and how she wants to make Heather Chandler puke her guts out. The next morning, JD and Veronica break into Heather's red decorated home where JD plans to serve Heather blue drain cleaner. Veronica doesn't want to do this and opts for milk and orange juice. However, she gets distracted with JD and grabs the wrong cup. JD starts to stop her, but doesn't and offers to hold the cup. He gives it to Heather and she immediately dies. JD urges Veronica to forge a dramatic unaliving note in Heather's handwriting. So let's rewind, because I have a theory. So when Veronica is writing in her diary, wanting to get rid of Heather and the last thing she says is let me dream of a world without Heather and then JD just pops up first of all how the fuck you know where she lives Second. exactly <laughs> that was weird as hell I had, had to make that a note because why the hell are you just popping up in my goddamn window how do you know where I live that's weird who's that creeping in my window it didn't hey. make no bit of sense to me and then y'all ain't really said much to each other but not again same thing that the same thing I had with um what the fuck was it the Lost Boys? Now y'all just out here fucking under the moonlight like there's not mosquitoes. Okay, this is my problem with this. It's hot outside. There are mosquitoes and insects, and unless they don't bite them, I'm not out there fucking. Girl, I don't care about net. no bug bite. I said without no net, or it <laughs> needs to be cold outside. Now fucking when it's cold. None of that. What one twelve say? We could do it anywhere. I don't care. I needed to be cold outside. The, the insects down here are disrespectful. They will bite you in your cooter. Um, so you just need to go ahead and just what? do it. No, the mosquitoes are very, very, very disrespectful. They don't believe in personal space. So you just, you choose wisely when you want to fuck outside when it is cold or you are in a covered enclosed space. That's it. If not, you brave or you live outside the South. What I was getting at is, I wonder, and this is just a loose theory, is this a dream? Like, is this whole thing up to this diary, after this diary entry, is it a dream? Obviously, no, it's not. But what if it was, let me wake up and dream of a world without Heather Chandler, and then this is the dream. And what if she woke up at the end and this shit was all like a dream, like on some new nightmare shit? But it's not. But it's just a little theory that I wanted to throw out there if you want to watch the movie through that lens this shit turned blue real quick her, her whole her mouth because it's just like i'm like girl you ain't smell that fucking there she, she had a point to prove so she of course she ain't smell it but i also love that the drain cleaner is blue because when you think about it like veronica is the one person that can fucking get under heather chandler's skin and just annoy the shit out of her because she knows she can rival her it's like they're really frenemies low-key and they know they both are aware of this so you know they got to keep in the same circle for whatever in girl world for whatever reason that we do that but um still I'm just like girl that I would have 
as soon as it hit my tongue, I would have been like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? Like, no, mm-mm. But I guess as John May said, she had a point to prove. But I do want to point out, like, this is the one time, well, no, not the one time, but this is one of the times that we see Heather just wearing, like, light pink. And it's like, I feel like it's supposed to be symbolic of her defense being down. Like, she doesn't have to be the person she is to the outside world. But I also love that the whole room is filled with bows. Like, her comforter has bows all over it. The room has bows over it. Even the letter that uh, Ronnie, that Veronica writes on has a red bow in the corner. Like, so much thought went into all of this that it's just, I'm obsessed with it. I also want to talk about JD in this scene. Obviously, he was the mastermind behind all of this, but I'm curious because he drops a line where he says, I'm just a little shaken up. So it makes me think like, obviously, he knew what he was doing. He gave her the drain cleaner, but I just wonder, did he think this was going to go this far? Like, I just really, I'm curious to know what his train of thought was. Or is he just playing us all? I really don't know. Oh, that nigga just playing us. He just yeah, you know what he was doing? Because he could have stopped her before yeah. she even went up went with the drink in her hand. He knew. And he did not. No, nah, that nigga was just playing. Playing all of us. He was not shook at all. Not even a tremble. Well, this was a great stunt by whoever did this for Kim Walker's death scene. I thought this was an amazing stunt. <coughs> corn nuts. First of all, ew. Ew, 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 ew. I don't know if y'all ever ate corn nuts, but ew. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. The school and community look on Heather's apparent suicide. Mm. The school and the community look on Heather's apparent unaliving as a tragic decision made by a popular but troubled teenager. Veronica sits back and watches at how people treat Heather as if they all knew her because she isn't here to say that it isn't true. So let's start with the roundtable discussion by the faculty. What was this? I'd be willing to go half a day for a cheerleader. Which one was this again? Like, oh my God, like this movie does so well at proving how society really treats all of this. And they end up just getting an hour off. What is that? Somebody literally just passed in a very tragic way to y'all. But an hour? Honestly, I'm surprised they even gave him an hour because we had a football player die on our campus in college. Like he was shot on campus and classes weren't canceled. We had a shooting on campus once, I think. We kind of. No, no, we was all confused. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. That's what I'm saying. Like you would think that someone getting shot on campus, but not only it's not just a random person. This is a football player. Y'all not canceling classes, and our football team was like winning the championship. Like we me at champs, baby, and I don't know. Hopefully, they didn't cancel. I have a tragic story. It's real. So like a high school where they don't cancel school. Like when I was in high school, there was this girl I went to school with on the first day of school. She didn't want to go. Um, y'all, I know we threw out trigger warnings, but maybe this one deserves one too. 
just letting y'all know um so she didn't want to go to school um at the school they were sending her to because we had the county school and the city school and we went to the county school but they were moving her i think to the city school and she didn't want to go so she jumped out the car um she you told me this story but keep going you told me this story before yeah she jumped out the car she hit the ground at the speed the car was going at and they airlifted her and like this was the first day of school so people who are friends with her because i knew her because i was in band with her and we were cool but we weren't like best friends but people who were like fucking cool as shit with her had to miss out on like not saying this is this thing the first day of school because they were going to like check on her to where she was airlifted at and then everybody's mind was there they did not cancel school and y'all this happened before school started because she was on the way to school right they acted like it was a regular fucking day where everybody was just shell shocked and she did pass away that day so no they, they didn't give us all nothing you know what, now that I think about it, because most of the time we had, I've had a few people pass in different wow ways in my, um, I guess you would just say grade school and general career. But one that did happen during school, we didn't get out. But what they did was um, we had like an assembly and it was like two hours long. And they like talked about it. They had like a little mini memorial and then we went back. But a lot of the teachers, even then, we didn't really do any. We were in school, but we didn't like, we were just there, if that makes sense. So they had like different grief counselors come around and talk to different classrooms after the memorial and things like that and such. And uh, it was sad. But I do, while we're talking about this, um, I want to talk about how there's a scene where JD and Veronica are at JD's house and they're watching the news and you just see all of these people talking about how they knew Heather and how she was a sweet girl. And Veronica is like, what are y'all doing? Y'all are all sitting here lying. Heather Duke, you just, I mean, yeah, we was all friends, but you just run into every news station telling anybody that will listen to your story. And I have experienced this so many times when people pass away, especially if it's a guy, because girls would be like, Oh, I should have said yes when you asked today. We used to talk. And then they post a message, and it's literally one message from like two years ago. Like, why do y'all do this? They want attention. They want sympathy. Like, I see people do it all the time. Like, My brother. You know them. You don't even know them. Right. Like, just, just repost and just put prayer hands and keep it moving. My condolences and keep it moving. Like, Y'all went to school in fourth grade together and never spoke since then. Like, stop it. Stop it, please. Thank you. And this happens all the time. Like, yep. people start posting all these you know, pictures be from, like, middle school. That was my friend. Da, 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 da. What? Even though I will say, me and my friends, we don't got a lot of recent pictures together. But that's only because we, like, all in different freaking states. But... <laughs> everybody know what it is like when you see them on ig you're gonna see my ass too on ig but oh i just don't get it it's too much it's too much it's too much but back to the round table discussion jd was definitely right because veronica's like she missed myriad on the spelling test like first of all y'all juniors in high school why y'all take a spelling test <laughs> but 
when he goes, um, she's going to want to cash in on all the 50 cent words she can get. He was absolutely right, because that was the one that made everybody like, oh, my God, she was just so misunderstood. And we misread her. Speaking of why do they have the note? Why that was weird, too. And why, why are they passing it around? It around? <laughs> Shouldn't that be evidence? Shouldn't exactly. that be with the parents or something? Right. Like, And how did y'all even attain this note? Who gave it to y'all? First of all, y'all are missing the point. It is English literature, and that it's clearly a great work of art. <laughs> clearly. No, she it's Veronica Mary. in the back laughing, but crying. <laughs> I said, girl, 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 you are too that much shit me. was fucking funny when old buddy was going on his little tangent talking about she didn't want to fuck with him. And he was like, you know what? And that wasn't about me. It was about her. You know, I would have bust out fucking laughing too. No, I can see baby. you doing that. No, that's definitely. It was definitely thing. about you. <laughs> and then I would have started fucking crying because let me tell you, Lord forbid something happened to anybody I'm friends with. I ain't going to say one of y'all because I'm not happy y'all. I'm saying anybody. Um, I'm a bust out laughing if somebody say something incorrect about y'all, like they were going on some grandiose statement, like they fuck with y'all and they didn't. I'm like, who the fuck? No, I I told my cousin or anybody else, I was like, if somebody acting like they fucked with me, you need to tell them you ain't fuck with her. I would do that. And she ain't fuck with you. Oh, I will do that. So (laughs) what be me? I'll be like, look, I'll put that one little emoji under there that got the side eye the now you know. I'd be like, hold on, wait, pause, pause. Listen, I know. What's a middle name? And you better pronounce it right. Who they go up for? I need to know something. Where the fuck you come from? Like when you had a damn family, but you and who you related to? Like, how the fuck you? No, we not finna do this. I'll whoop your ass at somebody's funeral if you decide to play with me like that. Because I already don't like funerals or something. I gotta go and you playing like you knew them baby i'ma set this bitch up. crying at the casket doing them i'll be like hey yo sit, sit your ass down. i ain't gotta say shit i'ma tag the fuck out your ass and my my folks know i'm with the shit literally be no question i'm like oh damn must have not knew them let's get her bond money the two more things before we move on let's talk about the girls real quick so we see them in the locker room heather has no I, Heather McNamara. I'm sorry because I have to clarify. Has no idea what to do with herself. This part you could tell how Heather Chandler really ran this click because think about what Heather McNamara has on. She has on like this yellow skirt, but then puts like this blue sweatshirt over it. She just has no idea what to do with herself at this point. Heather Duke is fucking up some chicken wings, and them chicken wings look real good. But apparently, in trigger warning, as we see it she suffers from bulimia and she's like fuck it I don't have to do this no more because the witch is dead and I can do what I please at this point and this is where uh Heather McNamara pulls out one of Heather Chandler's swatches which are very popular in the 80s but I noticed that the swatch is blue and red which obviously represents Heather Chandler and Veronica like two forces into one here Veronica Heather would have wanted you to have this. She always said you couldn't accessorize for shit. (sighs) Oh, gosh. Then also, we get to meet JD's dad. And everything makes sense once you meet his daddy. You just like, oh, I understand. I have perfect understanding now. I get it. I honestly knew he was lying about 
her waving out the window, the library window. I was like, that don't sound right. <laughs> Especially with how the daddy was looking at him. <laughs> See, I was like, because when he said library window, I was thinking like, is he trying to, in- which he is. I'm like, is he trying to insinuate something? Because when a dad looks at him, it seems like, you know how like when you say something, you know you're not supposed to say and your parent might be like, okay, now, nah. walking up there nice, mister which is something a white parent would say to their white child. But <laughs> that's oh what God. I get. Like, I'm pretty sure, yeah, because this is what happened. His mom unalived himself because of her dad, because of his dad. So when he was about to blow up this library, she literally went in there, said bye to JD and let it happen. Like, that's fucking sad. Right. God damn. Look, listen, because no, when he said it, like John Nay said, I was trying to figure out, was he joking? But no, this she really did that. That's what happened to her. I'm like, what did he do to make you do that? Like, I want that story. Tell me that. But when you meet JD Daddy, you see he is pretty unhinged. Like, he, he hell. So now we're at Heather Chandler's funeral. And once again, when you look at her outfit, this little... I don't know if it's pink. I don't, it looked pink to me. Pink, white, whatever it is. Definitely something that she did not pick out. You could tell that obviously, obviously, she didn't know she was going to do this or get set up like this, I guess. Obviously, her parents picked this out for her and it gives her even more of an angelic look. But can we talk about the different prayers of the students real quick? Because first of all, I got two things. First, <laughs> Heather Duke, honey, she is like, this is an after five party, bitch. Y'all going to get cleavage. Y'all finna get all of this because, Lord, I have been secretly praying for this. And you came through, my mans. Look at you. I said, oh, a girl. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) And not Veronica pulling a Nancy wearing blue. (laughs) I said, Veronica, homie, this is a She do not care. She don't care. Like Nancy and Nancy's case, I was like, maybe she just didn't have no black and her parents just been getting her no black. That's okay. Veronica, what's your excuse for not wearing black to this funeral? Girl, looking like you about to go to a tea party. Tea party. But these prayers of the students, you can see that literally none of them take this seriously. The only, okay, Veronica, hers is borderline but she's just trying to make sure she covers her ass because low-key she hikey she did it but no one knows this obviously like everybody else is just so superficial like this is just like not even a serious thing like this is just another day once again my poor little (laughs) Heather McNamara using the holy water to like puff her hair out I'm like, girl, that's not what that's used for. But I guess you just want to dip yourself in the holy waters. It's okay. But once again, my point of how no one takes this seriously, look how these heathens are acting outside of the funeral. Y'all can't wait to do this? Nope. So while they're outside of the funeral, Heather McNamara asks Veronica to go on a double date with Kurt and Ram. So sometime later when they go, she's like, look, bitch, you better not take me somewhere and they got to be doing some dumbass shit. And guess what they're doing? Some dumbass <laughs> shit, okay? I'm not, why would you even stick around for cow tipping? Why would you stick around for this? Look, people do that shit all the time. I don't give a damn. Soon as I seen a job was taking me there, I would have been like, okay, we're leaving. All right, let's go. This failed double date ends in sexual assault. And a lot of people do not 
catch this happening until I don't see up. how y'all don't catch that like because people are paying attention to Veronica and JD they not even looking at what's happening in the back and my thing is like um you just left her you literally just left her for dead back there for a slushy Veronica Wait, uh, what the hell that's what I'm saying for dead. she didn't even she just walked the fuck like it's she didn't even give her a backwards glance. No. The bitch was like, bye. I'm like, all this shit going on in the background. Like, we got, we got, an, uh, you know what? I don't even know how, I don't like phrasing that. We got what we got going on in the back. And then another motherfucker crawling the fuck off. And I know they're making noises. They have to have been making some type of sounds. And you don't look anywhere. I mean, JD's looking right at it and doesn't say anything. And this is how I know, like, okay, so JD's whole thing, we kind of brush past this. JD's whole thing is that he is convinced that society does not give a fuck about them. Only time that society will ever care about teenagers is when something tragic happens. Something tragic happening right in front of you and you're not doing nothing about it. So you a hypocrite is what you're telling me. You only care if it's disastrous and chaotic is what you're telling me, which this is in my eyes, but you don't even, you're looking right at it happening and don't say a word. You just care about Veronica, making sure she's not doing nothing else. Like, mm. but also this scene, even though it's terrible shit happening in the back, more of my theory of, is this a dream? Because why is JD shrouded in this blue light? Like, where is this blue light coming from? You know why? Like, not you know why, but the heavens, because what he is the heartthrob of this movie. So why we always gotta make the heartthrob look so dark and mysterious. Ooh. It's just like I'm that all this part, that particular part of the movie, it doesn't like knock anything down for me but I'm still just trying to figure out what that means because like I said like color runs rampant through this movie and it's all on purpose to mean something so I'm just like if we're going with my dream theory is this Veronica's like Jiminy Cricket is this like her conscious like does JD serve as her inner thoughts playing out projecting like I don't fucking know I really don't so the next day, Curtin Ram spread a rumor about Veronica giving them oral sex at the same damn time, once again, trying to ruin her reputation. First of all, we're not going for that. I love how she called out Courtney, though, because Courtney and some other girl was sniggling and giggling, talking about, oh, yeah, you probably did. She was like, um, I want to know exactly what I did. That's what I'm talking about, girl. You better stand up for yourself because we ain't taking none of that shit. That night, JD proposes that Veronica lured them into woods with a promise to make the rumors true, then shoots them with non-fatal German bullets. JD shoots Ram, but Veronica misses Kurt, who runs away. Veronica realizes that the bullets are in fact real, and JD chases Kurt back towards Veronica, where she panics and shoots him. JD plants materials at the time considered gay besides the boys and a unaliving note that states that the two were lovers participating in an unaliving pact. Nearby police getting, you know, they are fucking hot boxing. <laughs> they get interrupted when they hear the second round of shots. 
They discover this scene and one of them hears the pair running away, but is tricked into thinking they just been making out in the station wagon the entire time. So these bullets that JD claimed to be harmless in, in German, I can't pronounce it and I forgot how he pronounced it in the movie, but the uh, each luge bullet, I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be, but apparently that means I lie in German. <laughs> so this entire time he was just fucking making shit up because he knew Veronica was going to believe him. But also, girl, what did you think the note was for? exactly like are we we're not playing make-believe right like why? like if somebody was like yeah but i'm gonna need you to write this note you just did this with heather chandler so what did you think was going to happen sis i just want to say that they're horrible at killing because too much dna just be left everywhere like it's and then you touching kurt on his chest first of all kurt his dad like when he's laying on the ground she is tapping him that kind of freaked me out a little bit because he played dead a little too well. And I mean, obviously people be talking about like when you touching a body and it's turning red, obviously we know it ain't a dead body. We ain't have no budget for no prosthetic dead bodies. But just the glazed look in his eyes, it gets me every time. And I don't know if it's the coloring of that scene because it's so early in the morning and everything is kind of like that dull, hazy, grayish blue anyway. But he gave me the heebies. So me and Michelle was talking about that, but it's the eighties. Um, honestly, I'm. You could literally get away with murder in the eighties. They, right. they wasn't checking for all that. Because honestly, if I and I said honestly twice, but I mean this honestly, if I was in the eighties, you know how many murders I would allegedly get away with? It, hella. That's why we have unsolved mysteries and forensic files. <laughs> you know how because... many folks that don't piss me off will be gone. <laughs> Because I think the whole fingerprints database thing didn't get updated till like 96 or something like that. Oh, I'll tell you, I'd be walking around here Scott ass free and of some folks that we know would not be in this world anymore because they'd have gone on to glory. And I would have pretend like I didn't know what the fuck happened. You'd be like, Brittany, what happened such and such? Ooh, I don't know. What are you talking about? They just passed away, didn't it? No, I'm fooling God, fooling God damn well. I sent them on about their way packed them straight to sky daddy Mm-mm. i don't know about anybody else but we all we know and don't start jennifer's body that whole wood scene i wonder was that like an homage to this movie because it definitely gave me those vibes i was like oh shit this is definitely jennifer's body when she brought the football player into the woods to kill him i can see that because she- she did bring the football players into the woods to kill them. So, yeah. But there was no animals. I, I wish there was a squirrel. So if there had been had one, if there had have been one squirrel somewhere, I would have really saw it. Just one. It could have been in a tree just hanging out, eating a little acorn or some shit. <laughs> Later that morning, JD and Veronica wake up in front of the school with Veronica trying to accept what happened. But this poor girl is in shambles. She ends up self-harming herself using the cigarette lighter to burn herself. JD instead grabs her hand and uses her burning hand to light his cigarette, symbolically as he's been using her this entire time. He then gaslights her saying she low-key knew that them bullets was real and she wanted to believe that they weren't. Girl, you just playing us all. Outside of their argument, the word is getting around the school as the stage double unaliving earned the school the entire day off. 
And at their funeral, the boys are made into martyrs against homophobia. I love my dad, gay son. He is a dickhead for using the burn on her hand as a cigarette light. Listen. And also, you don't put ice on a burn. I learned that lesson. Oh, I yeah, have a same. scar on my leg. I have a scar on my leg for life that people think is a birthmark now. It's saying. Because you just don't, you think, like, you would think, oh, fire, hot, let me put something cool on it. Actually, no, that makes it worse. Actually, let me just need to let that shit. My mother should have known that. I don't know if I told y'all. I think I told y'all. Yeah, we talked about hot cocoa. So when I got that, um, damn, another traumatizing story. I got this at my um my grandma's house, my mama Carolyn. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there watching TV, and so I started screaming, and she put me in the shower with cold water. I screamed so fucking loud. Now imagine little Brittany with scars going all down her left arm and leg and now you just hit that shit with cold ass water unimaginable pain i will never forget that pain in my life y'all it was fucking terrible i mean don't put water oh no put cold shit on no burn no you're so you're supposed to run underwater cold icy cold water like just throw me in the shower with my clothes on <laughs> no no not that kind of water we wouldn't even it, that shit was terrible it hurt bad at this point Veronica is realizing that this is an issue and her and her monocle are writing in her diary once again. Dear diary, my teen angst bullshit has a body count. I just want to say I have this on my wall back at home. Y'all know my little red wall I record in front of. I have this exact quote down there because I felt that, okay? Veronica reflects on her concerns about JD and how these stage killings have resulted in the strangest results even more strange miss fleming has turned this into a media frenzy dressed as a means to get the student body to address their feelings on the latest tragedies later at jd's house veronica calls him out on his bullshit but they are interrupted by his dad who finally got the approval to blow up this building that he's had his eyes on jd watches the building fall admirably as he tells veronica about his own mother's unaliving as the song Big Fun, Teenage Unaliving, Don't Do It, plays, Jamie aims, Jamie, JD aims and shoots the radio, causing Veronica to really break up with him. He tries to manipulate her, but she frees herself and leaves him in his living room. JD, first of all, first of all, rewind. The best part of this scene is when the dad walks in and he goes, <laughs> dead at the screen with the videotape and I swear I don't know if that was improv I don't know if he was supposed to look dead at the camera I don't care because that's one of my top five favorite scenes in this <laughs> it's the lean it's the way he just leans and goes <laughs> I don't know what it is about that but at this moment JD is definitely succeeding at what he wants like everyone is coming together which is what he wanted like the only way society is going to come together is when shit goes down and that's sad because that's really what we do especially like and I hate to say it like this all these tragedies that we've been having what do we do we come together and then weeks later we act like the shit didn't happen and it happens again because we're all at odds and we just can't get along we just can't 
be a cohesive unit. Like this it is just so mind boggling and crazy to me. At school, JD threatens to blackmail Heather Duke with photos of herself and Martha Dunstock when they were friends back in the day. Not wanting this to get out, JD is able to further manipulate her by gifting her Heather Chandler's signature red scrunchie, symbolizing the power as a clique leader. With this, Heather Duke agrees to help him gain the signatures of everyone in the school for a petition for big fun to perform at the school's prom. Unknown to her and everyone signing it, this is actually a death pack agreement. First of all, okay, once again, how I talked about colors. So we know green is associated with a lot of things, but one thing that people really do associate green with is envy so you can see heather as the green knight monster especially when heather chandler was alive but heather duke in this scene you, you see she's wearing like a mint green but if you notice since heather chandler has passed she's been dressing very differently like she's still wearing green but she's not dressing like she got a nine to five job corporate you know all the outfits have been more fun. She's been adding different colors into it. Now, this particular outfit, I don't know if y'all peeped. She's wearing green, but she has like a pink turtleneck under it. What color is pink derivative from? Red. Like this bitch is trying it. She's just like, let me just see if I can. I mean, she ain't here. So who's going to say something, you know? And even when Heather goes, not Heather, when Veronica goes into Heather Chandler's locker and she's looking at everything and then Heather Duke comes up and she sees she has the scrunchie. She's like, girl, what are you doing? Like, how, first of all, how the fuck did you even get this? And then we see Heather Duke just stealing shit out of Heather Chandler's locker. Like, girl, you couldn't wait till this girl was six right. feet around. She grabbed that stuff fast. I'm like, they don't even match your outfit, Pooh. Well, I guess she wasn't about to wear it at that point. But damn, like, you stealing her earrings? You stealing, like, you don't need that. Everything. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether she needs it. She wants it. You're right. You Listen, these this preyed on your downfall, for real. The next day, Veronica decides to call her old friend, Betty Finn, and they catch up on old times. Okay, like I said, I don't understand croquet. But I know there was something, some type of subtext when Betty is like, are you really going to take two extra shots or are you just going to knock me out? Like, was this supposed to be like Veronica is now the dominant one in the situation? I don't know. I don't understand croquet. One of my survivors that understand, <laughs> help us out because none of us understand this. But I know there's supposed to be something there. Like I knew this is supposed to mean something to me. But also, I noticed that the pole in the back. I don't know what. I don't know if it was a mallet. I don't know what the fuck that was. But I saw the stripes. There's blue, red, green, and yellow, which obviously represents the girls. So that's why I'm like, if blue is at the top, that means Veronica is on the top. Although Heather Chandler is dead, Heather Chandler still has a lot of influence on the school because like they said, she's more popular than ever now, which happens yep. a lot when people pass. We talk, even celebrities, when celebrities pass, what's the first thing that happened? And especially artists, they music sales skyrocket because everybody yep. wants to be down now and say, I knew this person and da, 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 da. I want to keep their memory alive. That's just what happens. But green is right under there and yellow is at the bottom because as we said before, Heather McNamara, like you could tell she's still kind of like trying to figure out what am I supposed to do now? Okay, I don't have Heather Chandler, but I guess Heather and Veronica are here. So I'll just 
follow suit with them? I don't, I don't really know. Hmm. Then the point is even more driven because Heather comes, Heather and Heather come in as Betty and Veronica are playing croquet. And Heather Duke is like, I want to be red. And she's even wearing more red at this point. I'm like, girl, once again, you couldn't wait. Could you wait like at least like Betty and Veronica? No, I know, ain't that cute? I wonder how like how many people catch that with the Betty and Veronica. It's so cute though. Meanwhile, Martha Dunstock has grown tired of being the school's punchline. And after another tough day, she pins an unaliving note to her chest and walks into traffic. She survives but is badly injured and is mocked for trying to imitate the popular people of the school and failing miserably. At this point, Heather Duke comes in, and this is the point where this is just overwhelming for Veronica because all of this is all over the news. They are treating this like this is just some type of spectacle, and Veronica has had enough. So Heather Duke comes in and is talking about how this happened to Martha Dunstock, and it just seemed like she has no type of sympathy for what has happened to this girl, and Veronica is like, bitch, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like come on like and but the thing about it is if I get slapped like this in somebody's house I'm not going in your room later I'm going home <laughs> I, I am I'm not that's what we could talk about <laughs> but Heather Duke's that first of all she is that pate <laughs> I said oh my god like Veronica was not with the ships but anyway the girls in Veronica's room, they end up listening to Hot Props, a popular radio show where they hear Heather McNamara or Tweety talk about her depression after endless disappointments and having no one to turn to. The next day, Heather Duke tells the entire school about Heather McNamara's radio call. Then Heather McNamara decides to try to take her life by overdosing on pills in the girls' bathroom, but is saved by Veronica. I just, the last guy I had sex with, no, baby, no, that was, that, 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 no. Okay, baby girl, what did Eve say? Baby girl, that was not love, you was dreaming. Oh, (laughs) that poor girl, because this whole little scene, like, she's talking about, she went on a date with Kurt, or whoever she was on a date with. She's talking about that. We find out her parents are divorced, I think. She's failing in school. She didn't get captain of the cheerleaders. And like everybody knows, basically, she's the weakest Heather in the group. Like that is a lot to deal with. Like she can't even like turn to her friends to talk to about this. Like she literally has no one. Like literally poor little Heather. First of all, Heather Duke, you need your ass work for writing out on the chalkboard and for spreading out. Why would you do that? Right. And then, oh my God, at this point, this girl is fully wearing red, like full blown red, like Heather Chandler, who bitch, this is my color now. You see, you see this red? It's mine now, sis. But I do want to backtrack a little bit to where Veronica is having a conversation with her parents about how teens just want to be treated like human beings. And I think of what her mom says. She says, well, usually when teens say that it's because they are being treated 
like adults like they are being treated like human beings what do you think we do all day like do you think we just be having happy hours and doing this shit no it's literally the same (laughs) shit you're just a different age right and we we are experiencing this being at work sometimes is like high school like oh my god (laughs) like literally it's just a different level it is all the same stuff honey child Mm -hmm. like just college is like high school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. shit is the nursing home like high school because look it might be (laughs) oh my gosh but even it makes me think about like I said like how the girls dress they literally dress like they going to a nine to five corporate job every day when Heather Chandler was still with us and Veronica even says like this, they feel like my coworkers, these aren't my friends, which is makes more sense that Heather McNamara can't even talk to them about her personal problems. Cause I'm not talking to my coworkers about my personal problems, just so y'all can get uh-huh. on Facebook or just go behind other coworkers and talk about it too. No, I'm not doing that. And that's so sad. Or use it against me or misconstrue everything that I say mm-hmm. so that it can make me look bad. Like, man. Veronica finally catches up with Heather Duke and calls her out on being a mega bitch, even exposing that she's been lying to the student body on why they're signing the petition. Heather Duke, with her head filled with power, points out that anyone would do the same thing to be in this position if they were given a chance. As she walks off, a wild JD appears once again, trying to get on Veronica's good side, even discussing her thoughts about harming Heather Duke. Okay, now time out, because I've been wanting to bring this up. I just had no idea where to bring this up. So once again, going back to the color theory, if you notice, the school's colors are red and black. And whose colors are those? Heather Chandler's and JD's. Literally two sides of the evil spectrum clashed into one. I just think that's so clever. Ah, just, because it's just like, Veronica was saying in her diary entry, I took down Heather Chandler and Heather Duke's head sprouted from it. So what we're learning here is this stuff is never going to change. Just like John Nay was saying earlier, no matter what stage of life we are in, it's literally going to be the same BS, just a different level to this. Like it's a cycle and all, all wrapped in black and red. It's sick. Back at home, JD has already told Veronica's parents to be on the lookout because she may be Susu. He even tips her off, leaving a note with what looks like her handwriting, but it isn't, meaning that he plans to kill her. That night, Veronica dreams of JD coming to visit her and taunting on how he plans to pull inspiration from the copy of Moby Dick Heather Duke gave him for her unalive note. They end up at Heather's green decorated home where JD plans to slit her wrist. Veronica tries to stop him pointing out only she knows her handwriting and that Veronica, Veronica, that Heather Duke would never use that dirty ass knife. But anyway, JD knows no one gives a damn about that at this point because they are licking this all up, forcibly using Veronica to write the note as he heads to Heather Duke's room to kill her. The dream jumps to Heather Duke's funeral where everything JD said is true. Dressed in what is giving high fashion Freddy Krueger, Heather Chandler visits Veronica in the dream to taunt her from the afterlife. First of all, this is a bomb ass dream scene because what the (laughs) hell? (laughs) 
My favorite part is Heather Chandler because she is purely terrifying in this scene. Like her whole outfit, her hair. And when she does the thing, like Veronica's like Heather and she just turns like this. She's like, my life in the afterlife is hell. She looks, I don't know if it's because of her blue eyes because y'all know blue eyes freak me out. I don't know if it's the Freddy sweater. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck it is. But once again, she's wrapped in red and black again. But it just trips me out. That whole thing is just trippy. Even with the 3D glasses, I like the symbolism in that. Like people are acting like all of these murders are just a spectacle to watch. Like no one's taking this seriously. Like it's real life. I appreciate the fact she had on red and black to symbolize the fact that nigga killed her. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is her, like, obviously she's dead, but this is, this is the truth. She's wrapped in the truth and nobody can see the truth of what happened. Cause everybody thinks like she did this and she did not Waking up from the terrible dream, Veronica writes her last diary entry claiming that she's about to unalive herself before JD can. He later climbs into her room with a revolver to kill her, but Veronica has used a harness to make it look like she hanged herself. Thinking she's dead, he rambles, why would you do this? He rambles about his plan to blow up the school during a prep rally using the same tactic that his dad did to blow up the building earlier. Complete with a mass suicide note that he used Heather to stage, so you know how that went. Hearing her mother coming, JD leaves. Um, before this, we see the scene of JD putting the bomb together and that scene never sits right with me because obviously we see how shit be going down in real life, but oh my God, like, it's just like, literally if his dad had just walked in the room, this could have been avoided possibly. I don't know. I don't, his dad. I I highly doubt it. I mean, I don't think like, I just feel like. If his dad would have walked in the room, maybe his dad would have got it. Who knows? But I just, uh, I'm just like, oh, I feel like this could have been prevented, but mm, maybe not. The next day at school, JD has already told people that Veronica unalived herself. Avoiding him, she tries to find him while everyone is in class. Veronica confronts JD in the boiler room below the gym during a a pep rally, excuse me, where he is rigging timed explosives. Quickly knocked out, J.D. continues his plan as the pep rally seemingly moves slowly through time. Coming back to Veronica gets her lick back as the two fight kiss. Girl, I don't care. I don't know. This scene is just very intense. Veronica shoots his middle finger off when he refuses to stop the bomb. And as J.D. collapses, he ends up stabbing the timer that does stop the timer with four seconds to spare representing the four murders. Veronica walks out through the pep rally with everyone cheering, not even knowing what could have been. And the severely injured JD follows her outside with the bomb strapped to his body. JD gives one last speech that amounts to the personal eulogy as Veronica looks on and he detonates the bomb, ironically being the only suicide in the movie. Mm-mm. Ironically being the only unaliving in the movie. What was very disappointing, where were the blood and the guts from him blowing himself up? Yes, I know they didn't have a very great budget. However, true, unrealistic. Fuck it. I wanted a Silent Hill moment. I wanted a motherfucker dancing under the raindrops of blood. (laughs) Have you not seen that movie? We told you multiple times. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
I keep hoping that every time I ask this, you will have seen it by now, but you refuse. Listen, if I can barely, if I sit here in silence without the TV being on 95% of the time, I ain't watching no movie, baby. You already know I listen to the podcast when I'm in the gym. Mm-mm, not you saying that publicly. <laughs> <laughs> we can delete that. Y'all, don't feel, no. don't feel bad. We can delete it if you want to, but <laughs> I'm just being realistic. Like, <laughs> I just, when I used to work, like, I still work. But when I used to physically go to the office, that would be my time where I would listen to everything. And I'd be in the house, silent. She's a maniac. maniac. <laughs> no, I can't say shit because when I be on long car rides, um, I will drive with nothing. Nah, see, and I, mean, and I frequently hours. drive to Charleston, so that is my time where I listen to everything. I'm always. I have to have noise. There has to be something going on in the back. I can't sit if I'm sitting in silence. I'm pissed we should be scared if I'm sitting in silence I guess the thing is I had been around people in other people's spaces for far too long so when I finally got my own space I just liked the silence Uh, uh, no I always need something whether it's lo-fi beats whether I'm just playing my horror cuts playlist the podcast somebody else's podcast short stories on YouTube I something has to be going on because if it's quiet I'm gonna go nuts. Unless I'm mad. Live by myself. So I also still want to be able to hear things. That's also another reason why it'd be solid to hear. Cause I'd be hearing everything. Okay. So no. Um, my car rides are only silent normally because what I'm thinking, if I have a lot on my mind and I'm trying to sort through like my to-do list or some shit, or my to-do list in life, whatever one happens. That's about it. So if I don't have a lot of shit or I'm highly stressed, then by all means, my car ride is full because I really don't like silent spaces. Um, It will drive me insane. In this scene, I don't know if anyone else has caught this, but it was on this watch that I caught. JD says, now that you're dead, what are you going to do with your life? This is a complete mirror to the lunchtime poll question that Heather Chandler asked. Like, you got all this money, but aliens are going to come. So what are you going to do? And I think the point of this is like, none of this shit matters. We all going to die. Like none of this shit that we make big deals about matters. And it was not until I watched it for the podcast that I realized that's what this line meant. Like, okay, what's going to happen now? What, what's going on now? But ooh, this whole scene just, because I didn't know what was going to happen. When she pulled out that cigarette, I was like, damn, she just accepted this shit. Having survived the explosion, Veronica takes her now lit cigarette and enters the school where she confronts Heather Dukes, takes the red scrunchie and says, Heather, my love, there's a new sheriff in town and invites Martha Dunstock to hang out on prom night and watch movies with her. Once again, the power switch, we see how JD used Veronica to light his cigarette and she literally does the same thing. Probably unintentionally. I don't know if she knew that was going to happen, but I love it. I just want to say Martha and her little zooms was cute. Her little zooms around Veronica. Oh my God. I was like, girl. Um, I do want to say I like, because some people say, well, why didn't she go to Betty Finn? 
and make amends with her. Well, first of all, they still friends, but also like Heather Duke said, Betty Finn would be another Heather. She would definitely do it. Martha, on the other hand, and I didn't get to talk about this earlier, so I'm gonna do it now. Martha really was the one that was being bullied. Like nobody gave up that this girl tried to unalive herself. They only cared about Heather Chandler, Kurt, and Ram, and that was it. Nobody cared about mother, mother. Nobody cared about Martha Dunstock, who literally was going through it with everybody. And this is how we know she is the actual pure one. Like if anything, her and Veronica being friends is a, well, I don't want to say a power move, like it's a conscious thought, but it's ensuring that we are not going to have another Heather. Cause what is that? Well, even though I'm like, Heather dude, she can still be a bitch. But <laughs> like, what is she going to do now? Cause no one cares anymore. So this movie did have some alternate endings, and I am very curious to see what you guys think about these. The first one had JD achieve the ultimate goal and blow up the school. When he blows up the school, obviously no one makes it, and we see a prom in heaven with everyone dancing together, no clicks, no none of that, but there is a punch bowl of drain cleaner. That sounds dumb. It's hell. <laughs> The next one, there was a tweak to that one where uh, Veronica kills JD, but she doesn't get the bomb off in time. So still everyone ends up dying. Then the next one is um, Veronica is able to get the explosive. Oh, shit. Never mind. I just said that. Never mind. That was the second one. Okay. The last one was Veronica is able to stop the explosion from happening. And when she goes to ask Martha if she wants to rent a movie, Martha stabs her in the stomach and calls her Heather, leaving Veronica bleeding out on the ground and saying, my name's not Heather, you bitch. And just chuckling to herself before she dies on the ground bleeding out. That's giving me um, my tip. No. The movie we just watched. I'm so bad at recalling name titles. I don't know because we just watched the. <laughs> um, um, the other click. Yes, when she was laying on the ground. My name's not whatever. I like the third one because, like I said, like Martha has every reason in the world to do that because she probably would have thought this was another joke and y'all fucking playing with her and she tired of y'all playing with her but also at the same time it takes veronica's identity away because yeah this whole time you've been running around with the heathers and saying i'm a veronica but i can't tell because you're not doing enough to stop the situation like i actually like that ending i don't know if they would have did it how this movie would have fared because I'm thinking this is the ending that they had and New World was like no you got to change that ending because that's way too dark or if it was the prom in heaven one whichever one it was but if I had to choose another ending I would definitely choose the third one because have any of you guys seen pay it forward with Haley Joe Osment no Ooh, child. Woo child, that is a movie if anybody has seen that movie out there that ending would have gave me that vibe Oh gosh, I got chills. I will never ever watch that movie again. But <laughs> Ooh, child. Ratings. Heather's received a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDB, a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 72% on Metacritic, and 81% of Google users like this film. What do you guys rate Heather's? 
this film was dark as the shit and i liked it i really did love it i think i said i was gonna say like but then it was a mix of like and love and that's what that word was but anyways and i loved it now i can't rate it all that high because uh there's a lot of unaliving but i can rate it kind of high because the motherfuckers who was wronging other motherfuckers they got got i mean when you think about it jd is the only one that does it everybody else is a stage when you think about it, everybody else was murdered that's true there was an attempt an actual one there actually was two actual attempts in this film yeah two attempts but they didn't do it and the rest of them were staged and only one person actually unalived themselves yeah it's just and then we have the whole background scene what we had what god damn this film had a lot in it actually yeah. multiple multiple essays attempted essay stage unaliving fuck shit when you sit down and think about this movie god damn i know we started off saying that this was a heavy movie but when you actually like yeah chew it god mm-hmm. damn okay look my rating gotta keep that in mind so with everything that happened i'm gonna get this film 80 tickets so i actually have the same rating i'm giving this movie 80 tickets um i enjoy this movie it's along the lines of all of my other movies where you can put it on and just chill and it gives you a nostalgia feeling so i love this movie jd is manipulative af and i hate his guts but not really (laughs) Sorry. I mean, I I get it because it, he his character is so complex because you don't know whether to feel bad. You don't know how to feel about him because the way that they make him look in the movie is just like, damn, this nigga crazy. But also like, dang, he went through a whole lot. But also, dang, I shouldn't care about none of that because he's still crazy. Like it, it just it pulls you back and forth. You don't know how to feel. Right. And I will always love another writer. The end. I obviously adore this movie I have a very good time watching this since I first seen it every time you watch it there's more to explore all of the different themes that they have throughout the movies y'all know I love a bold movie if a movie can just be like y'all we doing this I'm down for it um this is a movie I personally consider timeless it has not aged badly yet and in my opinion and anyone is open to disagree if anyone feels a way towards this movie, it's meant to make you feel a way because that's what you should take away from this movie. No, it's not glorifying anything. Glorifying things would be all those new series that are coming out, like 13 Reasons Why and all that other shit that has, even though I hate, even I wouldn't even put Euphoria in that bus because I feel like Euphoria does it right. Like it goes there in the way that it's supposed to. Euphoria shows that all of your actions have consequences. Exactly. So like, it's not like they're giving you a little teasing and pulling it back. Like, oh no, we just gonna clean this up. No, if you're going to get on the pot, shit, please get it all out. Don't be trying to just sit there and try to strain and hold it in. No, don't do none of that. So with all of that being said, I am giving this movie 95 tickets. With that being said, let's go right ahead and head into the souvenir shop. Thanks for writing. Before you go, take a detour into the souvenir shop. So since we've already talked about the posters in the beginning, we won't do that. But if you want to check out some posters, you could definitely go to our IG and check those out there. Okay, 
this is very, very simple and plain. I just think we should just have a full on red, green, yellow, and blue section, and it just be miscellaneous things in all of those colors. Like maybe even the name tag that Heather had on her locker that said Heather, Ohio. It should be like your name, destination 180. But we should let people like create their names because I felt bad in Bebe's kids when LaShawn couldn't find her name. As a person who never has a name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We should like, they should be customizable so everybody can like have their own name. Like I don't even bother because I will never see my name hanging up anywhere. I'm sorry. I mean, if it makes you feel better, my name is always gone. My name's always spelled wrong. Yeah, if it makes you feel better. Bah. Now I'm just saying, as soon as I look for Ashley, it's all the way at the end and it's just a little sticker that says Ashley and I'm like, damn it. There's always <laughs> a fucking A. That's it. Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> that is officially the end of this episode. We are five for five in our theme. So since you made it this far, this means there is the time for a new theme. Johnny, take it away, please. All right, 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 all right. So, August is my motherfucking month. And guess what our theme has to deal with? Correction. August is my month because don't, it's don't my birthday. Don't do this. Day. I you give Leo's a bad name. I do not. First of all, you I give Leo's a bad name. This Leo's is what the people be talking day. about. This was John Day's moment, and look what you do. <laughs> I, oh wait, I was respectful. I didn't um like and be like, no, 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 no. I, I did the, like, I, I truthfully was look at John Day's face. <laughs> I turned thirty, y'all. It's my birthday month. Yay, Brittany. Okay. Anyway. Before I was so rudely interrupted. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Don't. No, anyways. Like my birthday don't matter. Don't. No, anyways. I'm the first one of us turning thirty. Okay. It's a monumental moment. It's okay. We'll have a wheelchair waiting for you at the at the <gasps> entrance of the park. Oh, that's wonderful. Where's yours? I don't need one. I'm I'll still get you. A, I'll get you a. Um, what is it? A nice little cane. Anyways. <laughs> Let's not forget, I can do a back bend, John A. So can I. So that what doesn't does mean- What does have to do with anything? <laughs> that doesn't mean that Get I need a wheelchair. Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be trying anyway, to play me. I'm trying to announce what our theme is for August because it's my month. I am hosting in August. Thank you very much. Have you hosted a month? No. Anyways, so- oh! <laughs> First of all, that's not on, on me. Love. Don't do it. And the theme. Exactly. Our theme is Be Our Guest. So Be we're tackling guest. all movies. <laughs> we are tackling all movies that deal with hotels. Hotel horror. And you know why that fits so perfectly? Why? What's up? Because I'm a travel agent, duh. Mm-hmm. And are you booking these hotels and these vacations? So get you a curated jaunt by John A. Hello? 
And of course, you can find all those links in the show notes down below. Johnny, tell them what we're covering next month. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We are taking it back to our childhood for our first movie, (laughs) Disney's Tower of Terror. Then for our second movie, we're doing 1408. Our third movie, we have a Hulu original called The Resort. And our last movie of the month is Vacancy. I am hella excited because one thing about me, I love a hotel. (laughs) I love hotels. And I love hotels as well. But Death to to Airbnbs because we don't do them, okay? I'm afraid of Airbnbs. Shit, that's a theme in itself, actually. But Hello. Definitely check out the rental if you if you need a reason. Go look at the rental. I don't know where it's streaming, but it's somewhere. But you know what, survivors, you all can find us on all of our social media. We can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and that's gonna be at D One Eighty Podcast. Just wanna let y'all know, and then don't forget join us on Patreon. Don't forget our next episode will be Disney's Tower of Terror from nineteen ninety seven. And with that being said. Bye-bye. My birthday's August 8th. Ma'am, ma'am. I'll see you soon.